Hi, this is Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. Tonight we're doing S06E03, Songs of Experience. Experience. This episode, just like the last episode, written by Joseph Doherty, directed by Norman Buckley. Kind of a, kind of a, a sister episode to the last episode. Definitely. Fantastic episode. Good episode. I hope this had uh, you know, enough mystery answers and wasn't filler for some people. I couldn't believe that people called it filler online. Did they call this one filler too? Yeah, yeah. Wow, this one I do. saw more so than I saw last week. Oh, really? I huh. saw the, the Hoi Poloi say like, yeah, yeah, the last week's was boring. And then I saw this one was like, it's just filler. And it's like, what? you know, there's season premieres, there's season finales. Yeah. You know, fuck everything in the middle, I guess. It was a great episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, this episode was more plot involved than the last episode, but that's fine because the last one was just so cool and moody and, uh, I don't know, mysterious. Well, I mean, I felt like a lesser show would have would have just had the characters go through their thing and this is their, their trauma episode and they're settled at the end of last week's. But, mm-hmm. you know, the girls are definitely better in this episode than they were last week, but it's... They're still reeling. They're still dealing. They still will be processing this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I love that the show has the courage to to do that. The, the daring to to make this not an easy thing. I and mean, it seems like in the uh, the next week's commercial, like they're still going to be having flashbacks to the dollhouse. But Marlene said this was the summer of answers. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's jump in. It's the next morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We open with a shot of Veronica still asleep on the couch in the Hastings living room there. I I like that they had that detail. I mean, she she isn't in the rest of the scene, but they're like, we're just going to make sure that, you know, Veronica's in the background. Tough day of work for Leslie Fair. Um, So we've never called it this before, but we got this straight from the, the mouth of Larry Reedman. Have you ever considered calling this great room of the Hastings Manor? Sure. I mean, that's uh, I, I've heard that term used before. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure exactly what the difference between a great room and a living room is, architecturally speaking. Um, maybe their house is so big that they also have a living room and like a family room and a great room and a robot dev shower. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would have disagreed with Troy on is I did not think that that was Spencer's shower, like hidden behind her bathroom door. I assume. No, was. I thought that was like on the third floor. Yeah, or something. I, I could have sworn in the episode it was on the third floor. But I just I love the idea, though, that like Spencer would have that shower in mm-hmm. her her bedroom and that for the rest of her life, she'll be terrified of her own <laughs> shower. Like uh, on the Venture Brothers, when uh, Triana's like afraid of her own closet, because it's a portal to hell. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should talk about this episode. I guess so. Uh, we pan over from Veronica on the couch and that uh, suspicious new TV there down to Troyan, uh, Spencer Hastings here, hiding behind her kitchen island next to her toaster oven, which continues to fascinate me how low it is there. Um, she's just ducked down on the phone. She's still in her like Captain America pajamas there. It's so it's so Spencer, though. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah, she's on the phone with Emily. And Spencer says, did she say anything more? And Emily's saying, just that. When she saw Spencer, or when she saw Andrew on the news, she didn't think he was the one who kept her down there. 
And Spencer's like, okay, well, details, Emily. Did she give any details? Why is she sure? Emily's like, she's not sure, sure, just pretty sure. And Spencer's like, was it the way he walked or the sound of his breathing? Uh, she definitely, she, she needs to know. Uh, <laughs> Did he feel like a pen pal, but not a pen pal at the same time? <laughs> any sense of boobs. Uh, so we cut to Emily in her room. She's making her bed. Um, yeah, I gotta say, this outfit, maybe not the finest for Emily. So I first saw this outfit and I thought, those look like very comfy camo pajamas. And then I was yeah. like, oh, wait, she's actually going to go out into the world in this outfit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see them, you're like, oh, those are some, some like, you know, character appropriate PJs for Emily. And Emily's like, fuck it, I'm going out into town. <laughs> it's like a, it's like this weird, like, camo jumpsuit, like, vet, like tank top thing. You know, know what? Emily Fields has been through some shit in her life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if she wants to wear jammies out into the world, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So Emily says she didn't say, and Spencer's like, where is she now? And Emily says, taking a shower. She takes a lot of showers. <laughs> you know, it, that's it's so appropriate to Sarah's situation, yet it's still funny. That line, I think it, it's funnier from like the preview from next week, which we don't want to get into, but the, the shower thing, it's like, it's hard not to like conjure up this image of Sarah's like fucked up, like hyper religious, like Puritan family life mm. and like why she takes showers all the time. At the same time, there's something amusing about it. We're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. Spencer says, yeah, I know the feeling. And Emily says, Spencer, Sarah was trapped for over two years. Andrew was in school with us the whole time. Spencer says, yeah, well, Mona was stalking the halls when she was a didn't exactly cramp her style. Also, she's Mona. Mm -hmm. And Emily says, Mona didn't have someone caged up like an animal. That we know of. That we know of. I mean, where's Lucas? Hmm. Uh, Spencer says, yeah, I know. You can't exactly pass for a hall pass to go feed your hostage. I mean, Mona found time to be an amazing A uh, and plenty of time to go shopping and shoplifting with Hannah. Mm -hmm. So uh, speaking of, of that, uh, we're in Arya's room. Arya's on the phone family now. And thankfully... Arya already starts this episode at an 11. And she's like, look, I know I may have screwed up the police, but I still think that Andrew's Charles. So just remember that Arya said that at one minute and 35 seconds into this episode. Mm -hmm. Emily's on the other end of the call, like packing up her shit. And she's just like, look, I'm just telling what you said. Spencer thinks. And Arya's like, it has to be Andrew. Because if it's not, we're right back where we started. And I, I am not going back there. Um, I love the shot of Arya. She says that. The, not, not just the framing, but like, like some of her hair tucked behind her ear. So we should, we should oh. give a brief description of Arya's outfit here. Um, it's weird because we saw these outfits because we were on set for the when they filmed this episode. Yeah. Uh, she's got like a top on that's like pink with like black like Rorschach blots on it, like lacy, mm -hmm. um, and then just like black pants and like heel boot things. I mean, it's it's pretty normal as far as Arya is concerned, I guess. It's yeah, it's it's. It's almost glamorous, I would say, in a way. It's very chic. Um, it's it's funny is that not only were we there, not only do we see these outfits in person, like you know, mere feet away, Lucy Hale actually spoke to us about her outfits <laughs> very, very briefly, very briefly. Yeah. Um, and so Emily's like, "Well, you know, she takes a breath and she's like, are you going to school?' And then from that, because of the other conversation, there's Hannah kneeling down, looking at herself in the mirror in her room, which is still mostly bare. It has a few items in it, uh, looking fantastic in this dress. And she says, "Hell yes, I'm going to school." This is the uh, basically Bardo in the apartment section of Contempt or Limit Pre. Um, 
that Norbert was talking about in his reference. But we see that Hannah's actually on the phone of Arya here. And Arya says, do you think Mona will be there? And Hannah gets up from the mirror and goes and sits in a chair at a little table by. And she puts her shoes on, which I feel like it's not something you really see in PLO. Like, you never really see no. the wires getting Yeah, that, that stood out to me, too. She has these, like, kind of, like, ankle boot heel things that she's putting on. Um, but it was, you know, it's one of the things I was was loved about the show was that, you know, they're teenage girls, but they're, they're ladies. Like they show up for their fucking adventures, like put together, ready to go. There's never, I don't know. They always manage to get shit done. <laughs> I, I, I guess as an adult, I can't imagine getting up and going to school at an early normal hour. I can't like imagine I getting up before like 10 a.m. Yeah, let alone, like, actually looking good. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Hannah says, Mona's mom's took her out of town. I think they're in Saratoga. Sorry. So, so Saratoga. Uh, is there, like, another Saratoga besides the one in, like, California? I looked it up. I didn't see any Saratoga, Pennsylvanias. Um, oh, is maybe it's right next to Springfield? Illinois? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Saratoga is, like, the Rosewood to San Jose's Pennsylvania, I guess is how you could describe it. Um, I don't know why Mona and her mother would go there, but sure. It's like a weird, it's like a weird place. Like of all the places you could say Mona is like Saratoga. I don't know. That's bizarre to me. You would rather they went to uh, Harrisburg. I, I I don't know. Like like if you're gonna say somebody who's gonna go somewhere in California, wouldn't you say like I don't know, like Napa or Santa Cruz or I, I feel I, like they're I not no going idea. all the way to California. Well what other Saratoga could she be talking about? Maybe one of our well, uh, Pennsylvania natives could fill us in if there's a another Saratoga that we're not. Pennsylvania aware of. or East Coast. But I'll put it yeah. this way. Uh I've lived in California for like two thirds of my life. I never knew there was a Saratoga so yeah. I'm assuming that there are other Saratogas in the country. I don't know. I looked it up on Google Maps. I didn't find much. This this could be important. Uh, so Arya says, what about Sarah? And Hannah says, what about her? And Arya's like, wow, what you told Emily about Andrew? Andrew. And Hannah's like, he was everywhere, Arya. You said it yourself. He managed to be around the corner from so much. And Arya's like, no, I, I know. I'm just saying it's him. And Hannah's not in the mood for this conversation. She's like, I'll see you at school. And Arya's like, yeah, I guess so. And this upsets Hannah. She's well, she like, totally no. doesn't mean it. She's like, I guess so. Yeah, no, <laughs> no guessing. You have to be there. I'm not walking there alone. So they make goodbyes. And we can like definitely see the apprehension and uncertainty on Arya's face. Well, what then do you think about Hannah being the one who wants to go to school the most? Because uh, she used to use like any excuse to stay home. Hannah is, this is another sign of Hannah's being the one who always seemingly puts her life back together. First. I wonder maybe if part of it though is that like she just doesn't want to be in a room. Maybe she just wants to get out of the house. Could be. Um, yeah, so Hannah hangs up. Uh, she's got her yearbook in front of her and she's looking at Andrew Campbell's picture in that yearbook. It's last year's yearbook because it's showing the junior class. Yeah, so all the people who think that Andrew is a junior, n- no. <laughs> no, he's a senior. It's yeah, well, we yearbook. get the date on the yearbook in a bit. Uh, Andrew is in, he's a captain of academic decathlon debate team, AP chemistry, which is a weird thing to list. Uh, varsity baseball, varsity archery. Their, their high school has archery. My high school, no archery. What kind of high school is this? Like, is that a common thing you get to do now? I don't know. Do we just miss out? I can't imagine like, hey, teenagers, who wants a bow and arrow? Like, how does that work at school? Was it? 
was it Mean Girls or was it Ten Things I Hate About You where they had an archery class? It's Ten Things I Hate About uh, You. Yeah, I think it's Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I was so yeah. Also, AP Computer Science and Chess Club. Which is amazing because you've just listed off his academic career and yet Andrew's actually touched two girls that we know of, which blows my mind. What do you mean touched? Like been around because I mean this is this is a fucking nerd. Uh, well, you know resume. Spencer would interact with him. I just thought my notes are like uh, when he says he's the captain of the academic decathlon. I was just like, take that Spencer and mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't just put like academic decathlon. He put captain academic decathlon. I guess you're gonna have a little pride in that that grouping of nerds, right? I guess yeah. So Anna said enough of that she rips out the page from your book and crumples it up. Which is a very Arya thing to do, mm. of course. Theory. Um, so right. a lot of people really enjoyed like looking at the yearbook after she tears it out. What do you mean, like the other people? Well, because there's a lot of repeated twins because they had to use a lot of the same pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, she closes yeah. the yearbook. We can see the date on it. it's 2011. This is best, the best years of, years of our lives. This is the one that Arya was looking at. But there was a lot of confusion I saw online where people, for some reason, thought this was the current yearbook. Um, even though like you saw Arya working on the yearbook earlier with Ella when when Andrew was being the creepy obsessive. Yes, as, as a former editor in chief of a high school yearbook, they typically come out very close to the end of the school year, and so some they're, some they're probably schools, due out any day. But this is not the current one. Some high schools do them differently, but yeah, that is the most accepted, thankfully, uh, mm-hmm. fashion. Um, but yeah, I love the repeated twins. I mean, I know it's just like a production thing, but mm-hmm. like, I just love the idea. There's like little signs here and there that the liars are clearly in the matrix. Twinning. Yeah. <laughs> in this dream world. Uh, so after the credits, we're in Emily's well, bedroom. She, well, I thought it was interesting. All those conversations we just bounced through. None of them totally believe that Andrew's a, but it's like, they don't want to ponder the alternative, right? Which is a still being out there. So it's like, they're just kind of going with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're in Emily's bedroom. She's Sarah, she's still packing her shit. And then there's Sarah Harvey in her baby blue bathrobe. Um, Sarah voice. <laughs> so you're going back to school already? I can't quite do it. There's a... Uh, I can't do it justice. There's like a... How do I put this nicely? There's a, a, there, there's a pseudo Muppet quality to it occasionally. <laughs> um it's very, it's, it's, it, but it's it's accurate though, and it's affectation, I think, too, what this girl's been through. But yeah, so Emily's like, yeah, there's not much of that, much of it left. Which did you ever think we'd be saying that about school and Rosewood yeah. High? Well, then we year. just get this awkward silence. Uh, Sarah's probably wondering right now, like, should I tell? Or I'm sorry, should I tell Emily she's about to go to school in her PJs? Uh, she doesn't <laughs> say anything. Emily says, "My mom said she could give you a ride home." She's like, "Okay." Uh, so she says this and then she like looks away like she's just about to like disintegrate and afraid nerves. Yeah. So Emily's just like, are you okay? And she's like, I was wondering if I could hang out around here for a while until you got home from school. And Emily's like, okay, yeah, I'll just tell my mom. And she's like, thanks. Uh, she's just like full on like wounded puppy mode here. And like Emily, you know, she can't leave her like this. So she goes over to her desk and gets a phone out of the drawer. And she says, why don't you hold on to this in case you want to talk to someone? Uh, so she tries to give it to Sarah, and she's like, oh, I can't take your phone. And Emily's like, no, it's not mine. It's a burner. My friend gets them for me. And now Sarah's got to be thinking, like, oh, shit, I've fallen in with a drug dealer. Are you a drug dealer? Yeah. Emily punches her number in, and she says, I'll just put my number on speed dial. You can text me if you want. So she gives it to Sarah, and 
Sarah sits down on, on the little armchair thing there, and she's like, guess I'll have to go back, you know, to mm. school. The only way people know me is from the news. I saw a story. They described me as feral. Do you think I look feral? Do you think I look feral? Like right now, Sarah, you look like off-brand Mother of Dragons. You look like uh, like Luna Lovegood's like cousin that she doesn't talk to very often. Um, yeah. Well, and Emily's just like, you know, she wants to be like, no, it's cool. Like Spencer's feral. Allie was raised by wolves. Hmm. Uh, but she lies and she's like, not feral. Um, more like a lost puppy. You just need some grooming. And Emily will be the one to groom her. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so she tries to touch Sarah's hair and Sarah freaks out about that backs away. Mm-hmm. Still, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't feel like like the most nice, comfortable animal analogy. You look like a lost puppy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you just need to mop up that rat's nest you got going on there. You look like Claire from season six of Lost. Um, so yeah, to me it's not so much a compliment, but Sarah again is OG Alley. So Emily backs away and she's like, oh, "I'm sorry," and, and Sarah's like, "I I shouldn't have come here. I." I should have tucked it out home. Is your mom angry that I came here? I don't want to make your mom angry. Well, and she's like just red faced and frantic. She's a little unhinged, yeah. And yeah. Emily's like, no, 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 no. No one is angry at you. Um, but then she has an she's an idea that makes Sarah feel better. She drops her backpack and she's like, I tell you what, why don't the three of us make breakfast together? And Sarah's like, I thought you were going to school. And Emily's like, eh, I can go tomorrow. Fuck it. We have French toast to make this morning. So uh, it makes Sarah smile, which is uh, my favorite hollow note song. And uh, Emily smiles too. Well, Emily's she's giving her this smile, and Sarah she's like, cautiously smiling back, but eventually she has to like look down, like bashful, like you can only you know have Emily smiling at you for so long before you start to get unnerved. Yeah, yeah, or just you know like your heart beats out of your chest. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, to temper it, meanwhile in the pedo brew, oh, which man. I'm amazed is still running. Arya is uh just she's not at there. school. No, she's not at school. She's just chilling there, looking apprehensive. Of course, she does have a coffee cup. I and the I gotta say, up with a fucking pastry. I gotta say, in this scene, I do not believe there's anything in that coffee cup. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Ezra, he all but like tips his cap to her as he like sits down at Danish in front of her, like this the like lady. We- yeah, like it's such like a weird pose. It's like, oh, here you go, and she's like, what's this for? And he's like, comfort food. Um, you know, they're in Heather Hogan's uh, recap this episode. She has a lot of cool things to say about the framing in this scene in particular. And I don't want to repeat anything there. People should go read it. But this scene is definitely not framed romantically, I guess you could say, at a you know, basic level. It's There's all this kind of like negative space behind the characters. It's kind of like uncomfortable to watch, I think would be a, a good way to describe it. This doesn't I, feel like a, a romance that you're watching. It's um, It's very visual in this scene. I would say that the next scene of them... I really felt it in the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Ezra, like, I feel like this is a shirt that we saw Andrew wear last year mm. or something. Like, like this is not, this is very hipstery. I mean, I think it's it's fascinating that, like, like short one of the, sleeve button up. Yeah, it's very teenager, very hipstery. It's like one of the things Ezra inherited from Zach as proprietors Ooh. of the Pedo Brew is like the necessity for man child fashion. Mm. Like, this is a guy who used to wear ties and, and vests and had a job where he had a briefcase. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, and it's not like Ezra's making the food. He's not making the coffee. He's just uh, taking care of his customers, especially if his customer is named Arya. Because Arya's like, oh, you're a very attentive host. And he says, no, I don't do this for every customer. Just, just the ones the that order girls. coffee and then uh, don't go. 
and you know that I slept with that too. <laughs> and Ari's like, yeah, I just thought I'd sit here for a minute before I walk to school. And Ezra is like clearly like honing in on Ari's like trepidation here. So he's gonna oh, can we can we can we do these next two lines? Can you be Ezra for a second? Yeah, because he's gonna miffle her. He says, "You and the others are going back today." Yes. Are Are you ready for that? No. <laughs> then don't go. Play I hooky. Love, I love how quickly she's yeah. just like, no. <laughs> oh, he's like, then don't go. Play hooky. You're entitled to. I mean, I mean, nothing says entitlement like this dude telling you what you're entitled to. Yeah. And Ari's like, well, I don't want to hide in my house all day. And he says, oh, you can stay here. You can use the desk in the back. You can write. And Ari's like, no writing. Again with the fucking writing. Yeah, again, not too subtle, Ezra. He's just dying to steal her journal and sell it to TMZ. Yeah, He's like, you can not write. You can read. A uh, doodle. Alphabetize a spice shelf. Anything. You're safe here. I promise. Which I feel like that would be the red flag right run away when, when Ezra's telling me you're, you're safe. And Ari's like, thanks. And she's it's like she's being polite, but he's just like reveling in this. He's like, oh, you're welcome. Uh, so he gets up and leaves and, and she's, you know, she does her typical like shady Arya move where she has to look over her shoulder for some reason. I expected him to like dip his finger in like the whipped cream of that pastry and like try to like put it in her mouth. Uh-huh. I mean, like classic Ezra fashion. I, well, there's I mean, like a weird, there's a weird food currency in their relationship. There is, but I, I do not feel a relationship in these scenes. Like Arya's like, we're kind of friends and I'm being nice, but I'm definitely not feeling like a rekindling or anything here. No. And I, I did see a few places online where people are like, Oh, thank God they're back together. And it's mm-hmm. like, is that what you got from all of this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially in the next couple of scenes, like there's some subject matter that I would not think is normal boyfriend, girlfriend. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. these are not normal boyfriend, girlfriend. That's um, true. So Allison's bedroom, there's a great shot of Allison in the mirror getting ready with Spencer's reflection in the background sitting on her well, bed. Yeah. Spencer's like, she's like a shade of Allie, like talking back to her. Well, this is again, low energy Spencer, like mystery energy conservation mode Spencer. But it almost seems like she's. It's like she's Allie's like conscience, maybe like talking back to her, like in the way it's framed and everything. You know what there's I mean? There's also there's also a lot more in this episode where characters don't speak to each other, they don't face mm-hmm. each other. A lot more of of like I don't know. It's like they can't face the truth of each other. Yeah. Um, outfit wise, Allie has on like a blue sleeveless top. It's very soccer momish. Spencer has on this kind of like gray like denimous den- denim ish. Uh, dress with like it's like a kind of like a dress but then there's like a like a shirt over it that's like tied mm-hmm. and instead of buttoned I don't know it's kind of a weird look but it works for her it's very Spencer-ish uh, in person it looked normal to me and then in the episode yeah. I was like that's interesting yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah they're they're talking here and Allie's like I told you what my father said and Spencer says you have to ask him again you have to make him tell you that's what Spencer would do yeah, and Ali says, he looked at me and said there was no such person as Charles De Laurentiis in our family. Spencer just hops off the bed, like, so easily falling back into the, like, argumentative pattern that they have. And she's like, Ali, your father is lying to you. Aiden just picked that name out of the air. Um, and so Ali finally turns around, like, face her directly. And, and Ali says, A is for Andrew. And Spencer says, then why put the name Charles De Laurentiis right in front of us, hidden, but ju- but hidden just enough? Why did he want us to find it? And Allie's like, look, if this person is real and my dad knows who it is, he'd be down at the police station right now. <laughs> Spencer's like, I really wish I was as sure of that as you are, if you actually are that sure. 
Uh, it's like these two are just boring to butt heads with each other. But I feel like Allison is like she doesn't have her tools anymore. You know what I mean? It's not it's not evenly matched anymore. Well, it's Spencer is kind of free of the kind of mental you know submission that she had from Allie before. You know, she no she no longer feels that she needs to defer to her. Well, but also Spencer has metaphorically died and been reborn. She's brought Hellfire. Well, back so is Allie. Her. Yeah, true. <laughs> But Allie's Allie's gotten more accustomed to the normals now. Well, it, it just seems like Allie kind of like has this autocratic leadership style, mm-hmm. and that's just naturally going to butt heads with somebody with Spencer's kind of like curious, roving intellect. Like right. Spencer's always going to be needling Allie, and yeah. Allie's always going to be getting annoyed by it. Yeah. Um, so Allie says, "I think you should go now." And Spencer well, seems a little bit in disbelief, but well, she looks almost disgusted that Allison is throwing in the towel on this mm-hmm. this verbal sparring match. Yeah, uh, which reminded me of how much Allison is becoming like her mother, because that would have been Jessica Dearance's thing. Is like Spencer, I think you should go now for amazing voice. Yeah, and I, I almost feel like Spencer is like disappointed that this is still happening between them. Mm-hmm. Um, she shakes her head and goes to walk out and then at, at the door she's like I'm going to talk to Jason and Allie's just like no leave him out of it he's messed up enough because of all this he's just a kid and Spencer's like oh round two back to you know back into the room she Ding-ding. says then he has a right to know and maybe get unmessed he's my brother too our families are connected they're more than just connected they're tangled up like necklaces in the bottom of your jewelry box and Allie's just like leave him alone uh, but she seems more like frightened than like you know, arrogant here. Mm. And Allie says, I don't want anybody else hating me. Just kind of takes Spencer back. She's like, what makes you think he's going to hate you? And Allie says, because that's how it works. And she sits as Spencer's just kind of like studying her sadly. And Allie says, I'm under every stone that somebody turns over. Make people into the people that they never were. It's all my fault. I saw you and Em and Ari and Hannah in that place, that sick place. And I knew I was why you were there. It always comes down to me, and everyone would be fine without me. Tabby man. Yeah. Spencer's like, God, Allie, no, it's, it's not like that. And Spencer says, you think it yourself. And Spencer's like, no, I don't. Uh, and she seems sincere. You know, like, it doesn't seem like she's she's shining her on or anything here. But I, that almost, like, makes it worse for Allie. Well, I love that she's gone from being the girl who knew too much to being the girl who is, like, suffocating under the weight of her own legend. She's basically the doctor from Doctor Who. But the line to me that's so perfect is, I'm under every stone that somebody turns over. <laughs> like, I feel like that that could have been, like, written on a wall in the writer's room. <laughs> like, every every storyline eventually had to go back to Allison in some regard. Like, even Arya's dad had to be, like, blackmailed by Allison that <laughs> night. <laughs> well, you know, when Allie was on the run and thought to be dead, she didn't really have to worry about what people thought of her. She was yeah. just kind of like this legend. But now she's back and like even after everyone turning on her and arrest and trial and all that, like she's exonerated, but her reputation now she has to live with. Yeah. Uh, and I think she's starting to believe it kind of. You know, you can only you can only have so many people say what a horrible person you are before you start to internalize that. Well, it's yeah, I mean it's like I think after the trial and everything and the the reveal of her lies when she first came back. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise I would think this is Allison fucking De Laurentiis. I mean, look how she turned her brand around mm-hmm. when she came back last season. I, you know, she just needs yeah. a little little fire lit under her. Um, she needs her her twins, Cindy and Mindy, back. I think. 
Her horcruxes, yeah. Uh, so outside Rosewood High, there's Hannah on the phone. All the other kids are heading to school. And we get the automated response. She doesn't voice her voicemail. And Hannah's just like, yeah, fuck this. And she hangs up. And then someone calls her name, Hannah. It's Dr. Dr. Ann Sullivan. Yeah. Just strolling up to her. And Hannah's like, oh, Dr. Sullivan. And so someone's like, I'm so glad to see you here. I called. Did your mother tell you? And I was like, yeah, she did. That was really nice. And Sullivan says, I gave her some names, some people you might want to talk to. And Hannah says, thanks. It's kind of an odd relationship at first. Um, Sullivan's like, and you decided to come back to school? And Hannah's like, yeah. Or are the others here? Uh, not yet, just me. Kind of, Sullivan's like, kind of like boring her eyes through Hannah, like reading past the facade. And she's like, well, I'm here consulting a school counselor two days a week if you'd like to stop by. And Hannah's like, oh, okay. Dr. Sullivan's like, please, stop by. Hannah says thanks. Dr. Sullivan like goes into this into the school as the bell well, rings. So Hannah, Hannah looks around for a moment. Hannah's eyes here, nice eye makeup because you can see she's kind of like you know made herself up, but there's a, a hint of redness. Like you can tell she probably hasn't been sleeping well. Like right. she looks weary, even though she's you know made up nicely for school. But I think it's you know yeah I mean but she's the one who tends to to mend the quickest like she was the one who who confronted Allison's looming legend in that empty chair of Doctor Sullivan back in season well, two. Well, she has the best relationship with Doctor Sullivan. So. Yeah. Also, what is the over under on still suspecting Therapy Anne of being involved? I in always this? suspect Therapy Anne. As, right. Man, after five twenty or two twenty five, when she gives that weird ass look when they find out Mona's alive. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, I've been like, oh, you're up to something, lady. Well, and also, is there a competition between her and Ezra to see, like, which of them can get a book about these girls' ordeal out first? I mean, wouldn't that be some sort of violation of doctor-patient something or other? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so, when we were on the set, though, I don't know if we were talking about this, we actually did meet Annabeth Gish very briefly. Oh, yeah. Very polite, very nice, even though I'm pretty sure she had no idea who we are, which is understandable. <laughs> but I really wanted to take her aside and be like, so you're A, right? <laughs> I mean, Right. Yeah, so uh, Hannah, she's just like the bell rings and she's just standing around as everyone else has gone inside. The liars are obviously not showing up. Mm. So she's just kind of like, oh, fuck it, heads inside. And then we go back to the brew. Aria's on her computer. She's got like some sort of like fake Adobe Lightroom application open. Mm-hmm. Um, really, Aria should have a Mac if she wants to be a photographer. She, we see all these shots like uh, all those those quick flashes we saw from last week. Uh, of like the train station and like the weird sign at the A on it. Those are all here in color. Mm-hmm. Um, you see some just like these are like Instagrammy landscape type photos and stuff. They're uh, intriguing. Sure. There's the the photo like the what I think is like a like a parking structure where we kind of zoom in a little bit on on the right angles of it, which I mm-hmm. said on Twitter reminded me of the ending Leclise. Um, she also has like an artsy shot of an old old timey typewriter. It looks like it oh, survived the end of the world. Um, I'm just kind of curious. So there's not a there is definitely some life, love, and beauty here. But what would you think Aria would call her book of photography? I think it would be called Aria exclamation <laughs> mark. That's so Aria. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she's clicking through pictures here and she gets to one it's in her room of her like desk and like window seat area Mm -hmm. and there's like one of those like typical creepy pll dolls like in the corner and she zooms in on it on her computer you know eyes narrowing like what the fuck's up with this weird little doll Mm -hmm. um and this kind of it's it's like she she processes this like at first it creeps her out and she closes her eyes looks away and then it's as though she, like, I don't know, she moves past it. She shakes her head, like, whatever. And then she, you know, swipes on. Goes well, to yeah, look. so we've just been given, like, a visual guided tour through, like, 
Arya's psychic landscape. And then there's mm. this doll, which seems to have meaning for her, or she's prescribing meaning for it. So at first, I'm thinking, like, has she realized that this isn't her doll, and there's got to be a camera in the eyeball of the doll? Mm. Or she, like, having, like, dollhouse flashes projected onto this doll, or... It's just how she sees herself. I don't, I don't know. I was fascinated. So then she kind of shakes that off and she moves on to like photos of human beings. Yeah, there's an, a nice one of uh, Spencer and Hannah there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike's in one and a bunch of like random extras are in the other. Uh, I like how the camera moves over to another picture of Spencer. And Arya has this like cute little smile as she sees Spencer, which I thought was a nice little ah Team Sparia moment there. Mm. Um and then she swipes through some more and oh hey there's a photo of andrew with this like kind of weird lecherous smile like staring at her it's 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 in class as though she'd like just turned around in her desk and took a picture of him it was perfect because everyone else in in the picture is either like looking forward or like looking to the side or something and Mm -hmm. there's andrew like just past somebody looking right at her it's the kind of photo where previously you would have seen that photo and you would have thought oh there's like a sweet expression on his mm-hmm. face like romantic music would have been playing but now you just see that unhealthy fixation that i'll be watching i don't know here. if i'd say it's totally that vibe i mean i think it's it it appears innocent i guess and which is why aria is kind of contemplating it and she switches again there's another picture of him kind of leaning over on his desk he looks very youthful here yeah uh, it's, it's, it's black and white and by the way yeah. Yeah. And uh, Arya says, who are you? Just to herself. Who is this monster? Well, I think the fact that in this photo where he's like obviously talking to somebody else off off picture, mm-hmm. like the fact that he that this beefy enigma can like have his guard down in this photo almost makes Arya want to put hers up more a little bit or be more quizzical. Like, how can he be monster? so relaxed when I don't know who he is? Yeah. This, so, by the way, monsters. speaking as a yearbook editor, would be a great photo for a yearbook. Nice candid shot. Yeah, it's speed of monsters. <laughs> Ezra skulking up right behind her. He pulls up a chair and sits down right behind her. And so she shuts her laptop like, hey. Not beside her. Behind her. Like over because her shoulder. That's what everyone likes when they're on their computer somewhere is for somebody to just sit right over their shoulder. Just yeah. stare. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, how you doing? She did shut her computer. And she's like, good, I'm okay. And he says, good. Uh, Here's a tip. If you don't want somebody knowing that you're hiding something from them, don't hide it. Nice tip, asshole. God, I swear, I you know I've never like been a fan of Ezra, but everything he does annoys me this season. Like, well, I think with Arya, she wants to counter that. I think to not have her her thing thrown back in her face, especially by mm-hmm. this jerk. Well, but she's like, his reverse psychology here works. Well, she's like, maybe I wasn't really hiding it, but it's a, there's a tone to Arya though. It's like she's finally standing up to him a little bit. And she opens up the laptop yeah, and shows him what she wants, which is to see what she's doing. Yeah, she shows what she was looking at that picture of Andrew, and Arya stares at it. It's Mystique, and Ezra just kind of looks at it like a curious, nervous caveman. Um, it's like he's just like stern, like, "Oh, I better, better look serious here." Just for perspective, though, this is Arya's creepy ex-boyfriend, and they're staring at a picture of the other creep that she dated five minutes after breaking up with this guy. <laughs> Arya says, "Who is this monster?" Who is he, really? I trusted him, and all I know is what he told me. And yeah, Ezra bounces his head away. It's, it's like, I wondered, is he taking an honest account of Arya's concerns? Probably not. Or yeah. does he feel a personal twinge here, considering how much he lied to Arya and betrayed her? And remember, as the yearbook told us, Arya's time with Ezra basically cost her, in quotes, the best years of our lives. <laughs> he says, what do you want to know? 
And she looks back at him in this way that, to me, this look is like, you're going to do whatever I'm about to ask you. I feel like that's the look she gives him. Either that or I would have, you know, I like the scene that follows, but I would have been perfectly okay if Arya said, here's what I want to know. How much are those muffins? Mm-hmm. Muffin man. Um, so Rosewood High, remember this place? We see some students like doing shit in their lockers and we kind of pan into a classroom. It's an empty classroom, uh, which we were actually in one of these. And there's Dr. Sullivan like like talking. Uh, I accidentally wrote Hannah stalking. and Dr. Sullivan, yeah. Yeah, I accidentally wrote stalking, but they're talking. Mm-hmm. Hannah says, I think the thing that A, Andrew, hated the most that we were friends. Aria, Spencer, Emily, and me. Like, ruining that was the big win, and maybe it was. Therapy and says, how? Because uh, as usual, she has no idea what cryptic, fucked up shit these girls are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> She's basically like, they, Hannah might as well be talking to, like, Eliza, the computer program, you know? <laughs> and how did that make you feel? <laughs> but Hannah says, the dark, the cold, being hungry... That was bad enough, but there was something else going on. We kind of pan down to her hands. Like she's like fiddling up her crazy well, she's, rings. She's rubbing her wrist. That's the wrist that had the little oh, right. electroshock thing attached. But to also, it. there's some serious ring action happening by the ladies in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think all the liars, excluding maybe Emily, has like crazy rings on their hands, as usual. Uh, so we jump to like another like dollhouse, dollhouse torture room flashback. We get the green filter. We're in the room of switches. We see the close up of the photos of the girls from the morgue photo shoot. Woman on the loudspeaker. Choose one. Uh, and flashback. Hannah like takes a breath on the other side of remembering that. And Dr. Sullivan realizes that this needs to be a much longer conversation. She says, Hannah, how do you feel about scheduling some time together? And Hannah's like, well, it can't just be me. I mean, it has to be the and I think Hannah's the one who gets these bonds need to be reunified, need to be mm-hmm. reforged. Dr. Sullivan's like, well, I can't force the others to a group session. And Hannah's like, well, you're a doctor. Can't you subpoena them? <laughs> LOL. Yeah. And Therapy Ann just kind of like tries not to laugh. And she's like, it doesn't work like that. But if you can get them all to come into my office, uh, I'll find time for you. So Hannah's like, I'll make it happen. But Dr. Sullivan, she's like, there's like a, a curtness to her, but also like very polite, very formal, uh, very minimal. Mm-hmm. And her her interactions, um, which I guess is what you do as a therapist. You just paint a tableau where people will speak to you. All right. So back to the brew. And it's time for a little spinoff that I like to call Worst P.I.s Ever. Uh, <laughs> Ari and Ezra are working the phone con right now. Uh, they're talking to the hospital. Ari's on the phone right now. And she says, hi, is the doctor available to talk to the Rosewood Police Department? Like she's like pretending to be a secretary. Well, Ezra nods his head like, yeah, yeah, that's as good. He, as that's he bites good. his nails. Yeah, yeah that's, that's real good. And Ari's like, oh, all right. Please hold for Detective Mervin. Please hold for Lieutenant J.C. Penny. Uh, <laughs> she hands him the phone. And Ari says, it's the nurse. And Ezra, like, clears his throat. And he tries and fails completely to talk in, like, a low, deep voice. Well, so he's also, I think, making sure that the phone is right side up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello, this is Detective Mervin. Is this Dr. Fenton? He, she just told you this was the nurse, Ezra. Jesus Christ. Keep up. And he's like, oh, no, that's all right. You could help me. Um, we have a patient here, one of the doctors, one Andrew Campbell. And Ari's like nodding encouragingly at it, encouragingly at him. And he says, and we just wanted to check and make sure our information is correct. So he's properly cared for. Well, um, any prescription drugs he should be taking? Any, uh, medical history that we should be aware of? And he can just tell how disappointed Ari is to realize that Fitz has like no PI game at all. Right. And as says, why don't, why don't we start with the basics? Can you confirm his data? birth and date and date and place of birth and social security number ezra sounds by the way so 
white as he does this. He reminds me of like the voice that Dave Chappelle used to do in his stand-up, like typical white white <laughs> white guy who can get away with anything. Um, because he's just like, well, why don't we start with the basics? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Arya like leans forward to listen, and then she just looks up annoyed because as there's like, right, no, that's all right. Um, I understand. We will contact the parents. Thank you so much. And Arya's like, you didn't get anything, did you? Because you're useless. Wonderful disappointment on her face. Mm-hmm. It turns out you can't just call up the hospital and ask for somebody social. <laughs> Ezra's like, can't get it, give out any information over the phone. But as for his date of birth and where he was born, that information is sealed. All right, it's like, sealed? Sealed where? And Ezra says, with the rest of his adoption records. Uh, this is just puzzling to Ezra because he doesn't know about the whole Charles thing. But mm. obviously, Arya's just like, oh shit. We should talk about too that, like, they're standing right in front of her laptop, which is open mm-hmm. to the picture. So you saw it at the very beginning of the scene and you, they look back at it again. I like that Andrew kind of like glooms over the front end of the scene. Um, the mystery of Andrew Campbell. Um, but yeah, He's Ezra adopted. the cop. Oh man, Ezra the cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sergeant Macy's there. Yeah. Uh, after the commercial, it's daytime. Some kids are playing soccer. Allison's like walking down the street somewhere in downtown uh, Rosewood, which I don't think we've said that in a while. Or Main Street Rosewood. Main Street Rosewood. And it used to be on Ding. the bingo card. It's um, so. Is it me or is her purse gigantic? Yeah. Her fashion is. Well, she's she's a soccer mom. It's about to uh, stop the soccer ball. Well, it's like. Her way. Is like is it the twist that this is actually Allison from the time jump? <laughs> like she's come back in time. Um, so one of the kids' soccer balls like comes across the street towards her, and she manages like stop the ball uh, and hold on to it. And like, the kid's soccer coach comes across the street to hit on her. It's Officer Lorenzo Calderon. Yeah, he says, "Hey, lady," and he's he's like in kind of like workout clothes, the stopwatch. He was Rosewood Youth Athletics is what his shirt says. Mm-hmm. That's a very tight, like form fitting Rosewood Youth Athletic shirt. And he's like, can we get her ball back? And she gives him this kind of like coquettish smile and kicks it over to him. And he kicks it back to the kids. But he stays walking with her as she moves on. He's like, nice kick. You got great control. I mean, sure. (laughs) It's like she kicked it four feet. Great control. Well, in her open-toed shoes. Yeah. I was just like, I hope she doesn't hurt her foot. But he's like, it's not it's like she, she just bended it like Beckham or anything there. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, thanks. It's an awkward moment. And she says, you know, are those boys all from church? And he's like, not all. It's a church program, but any kid can join. And she's like, well, where's the girls? And he says, Koei doesn't work well at this age. They're starting to notice certain distinctions. And she laughs at this. And she's like, so the girls lose out? That's not fair. Seriously. Go out. Uh, so he's like, oh, we had a group of girls, but uh, they lost their youth leader. You can't have a program about proper supervision. So who do, they, who do we think the youth leader was? Like Melissa? Pigskin? Pigskin? Mm, I feel like it'd be older. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Melissa coaching youth soccer. But remember, um, am I mistaken or wasn't Paige's dad something to do with the church too? No, it's Sean's dad. Never mind. Um, yeah, her, her dad is just an asshole, I think. <laughs> he's just a prick. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if her family is still in Rosewood, or they just sent her. I think they all moved. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. Um, So, yeah, she's like, that's too bad. And she starts to walk off, and he comes after her, and he's like, would you like to volunteer? And she's like, for what? And he's like, to run the girls' soccer program. You got the moves. And he, like, looks her her up and down. And she has this look on her face for half a second that's like, bitch, please. It's like, seriously? That line? Yeah. And he's like, I'm talking about your kick. And Ali's like, I don't think that's a very good idea. And he says, why not? And Ali says, being a leader of girls, that hasn't worked out well for me. 
Screw that. And he says, maybe there's something you can talk to them about. And Allie says, there are mothers in this town who wouldn't appreciate me supervising their daughters. That group of mothers includes all of the mothers in this town. Um, Alsa is also unable to have a conversation in which the things she says aren't heavily pregnant with meaning. Mm -hmm. And he says, why don't you let me worry about them? Allie says, you don't take no for an answer, do you? And he says, not if it can be avoided, no. But he's like, hey, why don't you bring all of your baggage to this youth soccer league? Mm Because if there's one thing that that the movies have taught us is that troubled kids in a sports team want to watch their coach dealing with shit. Yeah. And so they just kind of smile and there's some like flirty flirt vibes between them. And then we... This scene goes to the next level oh yeah we kind of cut to i guess this is like the grill toby's sitting at like the bar there drinking his tiny cup of coffee and just scowling like he doesn't like this the, the vision of uh, ali and do lorenzo you, getting along here do you remember when this jerk used to chill there for hours on end like reading, reading uh, catcher in the rye, in the rye. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds hoping me somebody that. notices that he's reading the catcher in the rye this reminds me of like the only good parts of spider-man 3 when uh, james franco goes evil mm. and he was just like like randomly cut across like landscapes like central park and there he is like popping behind a tree to watch somebody i saw a great comment i can't remember where it was where they said that toby's going to uh it's gonna be like the plot of like ladybugs where he dresses up like a girl so he can be on Allie's girl's soccer team to like spy on her well i mean so is toby a little bit in love with lorenzo like is this the episode of seinfeld where george had a crush on that mimbo dan cortez Maybe prior to this, prior to Allison walking around that corner, was Toby just sitting there watching Lorenzo with these kids? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, um, I I saw some people on the chat room, the the L chat like forum. They wanted to know what we thought of Lorenzo. Um, I guess to steal a line from Jacob Clifton, I feel like he's just a piece of furniture in Allie's storyline. I don't know. I mean, this guy, like from his side, it's like. You've got to be at least in your early 20s. You shouldn't be hitting on a high school girl. That's Rosewood. But from Allie's side, like, I can't totally blame her for being into older dudes. Like, who the hell is she going to date in high school? Like, except for Noel Khan. Right. Like, I, I feel like like a, a high school dude, like, just was, would, like, Allie would have nothing to say to them. You know, one full season ago, I would have said, Allison should settle down with a nice, normal, boring guy like Andrew Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Even him, though, like, what, what is she going to talk to Andrew Campbell about? Exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, this I guy. Mean, once you've been grifting of Hank Mahoney. It's like the show really doesn't want you to think that much about how old this guy must be. Right. Because there's no way he's he's got to be at least early 20s. Like, he can't be like 19 or something. He is the trifecta of uh, having model good looks, a strong name, mm-hmm. and like apparently being a huge dork. I also feel like he exists mostly to, I was going to say, like, uh, like kind of conflict with the whole Emerson thing, although, like, I can't see, like, I feel like he's there so that you don't wonder why Emily is not with Allie, well, but that's still going to, like, piss off the Emerson shippers anyway, so I don't know how much that accomplishes. Emily is is trying to restore the damaged garden that is the original Allison and Sarah mm-hmm. Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean it's not like one of those things like the my my least favorite comment on any pll character which is i don't trust him it's Mm -hmm. not that also i believe it's l chat who were upset that we didn't ask about cc while we were on the set oh is that the right message board i don't know what would we have asked about cc about Uh, i don't know i mean 
I don't I don't know that we, we should. We didn't go around the set asking who A was. I can tell you that. <laughs> I will tell you that one crew member did tell us who they thought A was. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, in Emily's room, Pam's hanging out with Emily and Sarah and trying on clothes, having a good time. Uh, Emily hands Sarah one of her magical flannels. And Pam says, up until about the age of 12, Emily's closet was done in early hurricane. Then came the glorious day she discovered hangers. And Emily's like, okay. And she's well, tired. Sarah's so like, smiling in that way that you smile politely when your friend's parent is telling a story. Yeah. yeah. But then she makes like some bedroom eyes at Emily here. I, you know, I can't tell if it's like half the time Sarah, like there's a fine line between Sarah's bedroom eyes and her cannibal eyes. That's true. Yeah. And Emily's like, okay. And she like, you know, her and Pam throw socks at each other and Pam's laughing. And she's like, it's true. Uh, and now they're both laughing and, and it gets weird because Sarah isn't laughing now. Life of the party. Yeah. And Pam's like, you're probably just going to start all over, right? I mean, clear out your closet and get all new things. And she's like, I sort of have to. And Emily's like, have to? And Sarah says, my mom gave away all my stuff. And sad face from Emily. And Sarah says, you know, not right away. She she waited a year. Then she packed it up and gave it away. <sighs> Holy Pam. shit balls. You know what I just realized? What? She's basically the guy from Disturbing Behavior. Oh, the freaks. So freaks. Chic, so guy. chic. Yeah. And Pam's like, well, it was probably really hard for her to have to, you know, have all your things around. And Sarah's just like, she said she needed the space. Like, just well, throwing it in Pam's face. Well, I love that Pam is the one. She has to rationalize the world. It yeah. has to make sense to her as a mom. And then I have to say about Sarah, like, I like the character so far. I think she's intriguing because she, she fits into a lot of needed categories in PLL. But I hope she gets the distance she needs from what happened. I hope she can settle into a life where she finds like peace or whatever. I don't want her to become a Maya type where she always has to trump any conversation of her own unique suffering. Well, she definitely seems like, at least in her current state, she delights in making sure everybody knows she's got it the worst. Right. You know, she's like, yeah, my mom sucks. Yeah, yeah. And Emily's like, oh, you can have whatever fits. And there's more stuff in the attic. And Pam's like, yeah, a lot more, including some guns. Yeah. And well, as as uh, one of our listeners, Sarah, said, because Emily never wears the same outfit twice. Mm -hmm. So Sarah pulls on a uh, kind of pink and black flannel shirt. It's obviously one of Emily's. And Pam's just watching her sadly. And she says, you ran away from home. And Emily's like, mom. And Sarah's like, that's OK. Yeah, I ran away. Pam's like, why? And Sarah says, just just couldn't do it anymore. Emily's like, couldn't do what? And Sarah says, pretend to be happy. And she's kind of looking sadly at herself in the mirror. as She's buttoning up her flannel there. Trying to. Yeah. Pretend everything was going to be okay. Pretend my dad would come back and he'd be different if I, if he did. And Pam's like, I'm really sorry. And Sarah's like, not your fault. Not your fault. And Pam's just like, I'm still really sorry that you were such a terrible daughter. Your poor parents. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so awesome. And there she says, I'm still so, so sorry and a little bit angry. Uh, she's like, you know what? I think that you should try this one again. It looks really nice. The color's good for you. And she throws her a, like a top or something. And Emily's phone rings. So she goes to pick it up. Uh, and she answers and it's Hannah. She says, Hannah, I'm sorry. I, I meant to call. I just I couldn't make it. And Sarah's watching her with like kind of like, I don't know, wary eyes. Like, what did you think of this expression she has? She's definitely curious about what emily's up to you with hannah there i mean they're they're definitely trying to create a pathway where you could potentially look at sarah in a certain way it's we're not sure yet whether or not we can trust sarah i guess is the way to put it the only thing to me that would uh 
counteract that though is I feel like there's a realness to to her line. Pretend to be happy. Every time mm. my dad would come back, he'd be different. I I felt like that was the what movie. if her dad is Kenneth Laurentis? I hope I'm not, or maybe I am. I don't know. Who can I sue? Um. So yeah, Emily kind of. Oh, so Emily she gets a call. It's Hannah. She's like, Hannah, I'm sorry. I meant to call. I just I, I couldn't make it. Where are you? And then she kind of like confusedly like looks out her bedroom window. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to Spencer's living room where Spencer and Toby are doing performance couple art, chilling on the couch there. Uh, they're definitely painting a scene with their bodies. She has the funniest expression on her face because he's he's kind of like eyes closed, like, you know, leaning against her arm around her. And she's just like doing the like Michaela Maroney, like, you know, sneer and like just staring at his hand. I love that reference. I love that reference yeah. so hard. Um, also, I love that all the Spopey fans who complained about these two not getting scenes together last season, I love it. They get this scene. The body language here. Her legs are crossed so far away from him. It's like she's physically recoiling from him. <laughs> and so they, they chill for a sec. You can tell Toby wants to say something. Oh, I, I feel like he's been planning this speech in his head the whole time they've been sitting there. But I my... My idea of Toby is that as he sits there canoodling of her, his lips move as he imagines him what he's going to say when he works up the courage to say it. So Spencer yeah. knows what he's going to say because he's just like, Spencer. Finally, he says, I have to I have to ask you a favor. Uh, she kind of looks up at him curious. Uh, she has like really funny facial expressions oh. in this scene. So then they shift positions, and he puts mm-hmm. more distance between them. I think this is fascinating. I feel like the distance is Well, he has natural. to move away so he can face her. But yeah, but to Toby, I feel like this ties into to my impression of Toby, because he's, it's like his way of capitalizing the letters in this plea. This is his thing. He denies her closeness when shit is important to him. I suppose you could read it that way. Yeah. Yeah, he says, I need you to talk to Allie. And she's like, talk to Allie about what? He says, about keeping away from Lorenzo. Spencer's like <laughs> that was a sloppy Toby voice. Spencer says, "Your partner? What does he have to do with Allison?" And he's like, "Nothing yet. I want to keep it that way." And Spencer's like, "What makes you think Allie's interested in Lorenzo?" And he just sighs. He's like, "I saw them together." And she looks down. You can tell she's a little annoyed. And she's like, "That's his business, isn't it? His and Allie's." And he's like, "We're not just talking about anybody here. We're talking about Allison." And she says, you know, people can change. She helps you find us. Uh, and I think Spencer needs this to be true for Allie, but also for herself. You know, I, that was my initial reading, too, because mm-hmm. in a lot of times in PLO, that's usually the reading is like, how dare you say that about them? Because you might as well be saying it about me as well. Mm-hmm. But I think in a way, she really is talking about Allie, too. I think so. Yeah, as we see later in the episode. And also... I mean, that body language, I feel like there's some trouble in Spobyland. Yeah. And she she's not cool with, like, Toby trying to, like, you know, cockwalk through her. Right. Uh, and Toby's just like, <laughs> right, because she needed you and Mona alive. She was looking out for Allie. That's what she always does. Spencer's like, so that's it? She just reverts back to who she was before this all this happened? And Toby's just like, look, I want to trust her. Believe me. How magnanimous of you, Toblerone. Uh, he says but you know she has a history with cops and everybody else she can use lorenzo doesn't know what she's capable of we do and spencer's just like rubbing her face just like like oh my god my boyfriend's a tool yeah and he says you know if if you can tell me you completely trust her i'll drop this whole thing 
And she's looking at him probably thinking like, bitch, I don't completely trust you. I don't well, completely I, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure that Spencer was thinking, you know what I was really looking for for my safe place to land? Some challengers and some ultimatums. And a <laughs> whole lot of fucking judgment. Heather Hogan's recap, she had the great line where it's like Spencer spent half a season accusing herself of murder. (laughs) (laughs) Completely trust. Spencer will never be able to completely trust anyone in her life ever again, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, go to out in front of Emily's house. Hannah's waiting at the curb. And Hannah's just like, come on, get in the car. Emily walks out. And she just like, she doesn't even wait. She just turns around and walks her car. And Emily's just like, I can't. Sarah's upstairs. And it's like, Em, get in the car. We're going to see Dr. Sullivan. She's like, get in, loser. We're going to therapy. Uh, I mean, Emily is treating this girl like a cake that she's got cooking. You know, she's baking or something. Emily's like, Dr. Sullivan. And Hannah's like, yeah, I'm declaring an intervention. Love that. (laughs) And Emily says, if you want to talk to Dr. Sullivan, that's your business. And Hannah's like, nope, it's all our business. And you know that. And Emily's like, well, I can't. I have to take care of Sarah. Like, I, what? Have, I have to wait for this cake to bake so I can go put frosting on this wounded puppy. Yeah. And Hannah's just like, Hannah has this look. It's like, oh, great. You've been out of the dollhouse for three days and you already found a new pet. Well, she's like, she's about to have like a longer conversation. But then Aria mm-hmm. pulls up across the street. And my God. Aria doesn't just pull up. She screeches. Up. I was going to say, I, I it's taken us six seasons to me the point where like, I want Aria to screech into every scene now. On. Well, Hannah and Emily both give her these concerned looks, and I'm wondering, like, are they wondering, oh, is something wrong? Or are they just like, man, Arya's a bad driver. <laughs> a little bit of both, or, yeah. oh, shit, Arya's kind of a whole new kind a of A little of column A, a little column B. <laughs> and Hannah's just like, good, you got the text. And Arya just, like, practically leaps out of her car and shuts the door. And she's like, yeah, I got it, but listen. And Hannah's like, now all we need is Spencer. And Arya's like, no, listen, I got it confirmed. Andrew Campbell was adopted. And Emily's like, confirmed? How? And Arya looks mildly embarrassed to admit that Ezra helped her. And Hannah's like, wait, you didn't tell him about Charles, did you? And Arya says, no, of course not. You guys, look, point is, we know for, point is, we know for sure. Andrew is adopted, which means he might be older than we think he is. He could be that other kid in the home video. And Hannah says, wait, so before he was a Campbell, maybe he was a De Laurentiis? And then we get oh. a rare, rare Arya face. Yeah, Arya face. Well, to be fair. <laughs> we get a lot of Arya face over the course of the show. But but this is I mean I, I say Arya face in terms of like when we talk about like Hannah face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of like, you know, lead Man, close I, the scene out with a concerned look. I feel like uh we haven't talked about Hannah face in a long time. No, we haven't seen Hannah face in a while. I mean, she's been busy being And like, I just tortured. want to say again to the a few listeners who tweet us occasionally that they're they're listening backwards into the podcast. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so very sorry. Um, also, but I always love it. There's always something like, you didn't tell them about A, did you? You didn't tell them about the Jenna thing, did you? I always love it. They always, there's always like some kind of like group shackle that you oh, can't. They're, they've got their secrets. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, meanwhile, in the De Laurentiis property management office, Jason with his professional scruff and tie on is moving some boxes while Spencer waits. And he's like, you probably heard my dad's trying to decide how many people he can sue at one time. It's the kind of challenge he enjoys. I hope I can sue at least 10 people at once. I mean, is there anyone as just kind of like annoying and blowhardy as Kenneth on this show? Like, he just seems awful. Like I said, he's he's on a whole other show. Like, there's possibly like a <laughs> sitcom version of the dealer and his family, and he's in that. Like, yeah, you get to see end. how much of Allie's personality is like built up just from having to deal with this guy constantly. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not so much like you can see where. 
obviously, especially now, her mother has instilled things in her. But so mm. much of her reality, her reality is like a reaction to or buttering up Kenneth. Yeah. Um. So Spencer's just like, I want to talk to you about him, about your family, our family. And he has his back to her. And he seems for a second to enjoy that. And he's like, well, I don't think I've ever heard you refer to as our family. Um. Like, Jason... It's like he's like fucking stoned yo-yo. Like he just bounces back and forth between like wanting to rebel against the other clan or like joining ranks and clamming up with them. Um, the Sentry's like, well, things change. When we were down there in that place, we saw a name. He turns to face her, and she says, "We found it." Or Andrew wanted us to find it, but either way, we have a name now. We don't know what it means. He's like, well, "What name?" And she's like, "Charles De Laurentiis." We haven't gone to the police yet. And he's like, "Why not?" Well, he, when he hears that, he doesn't seem to react too much. Maybe it's just his face. I don't know. Um, it seems like maybe he's being a little bit cautious. Mm. But yeah, she says they haven't gone to the police yet. And, she, and he's like, well, why not? And Spencer says, because we want to know what it meant before we gave it to them. And Allie asked her dad, but he said there was no such person. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he's and like, yeah, I don't know any Charles either. And she's like, not even a cousin somewhere. And he's like, not on our side of the family. Look, Andrew must have done it just to mess with Allie. So Spencer's like cell phone beeps, and then she checks it. It's a text from Hannah, which is <laughs> SOS. We're at Selvin's office. Get here! With three exclamation points. Just another typical day for Spencer Hastings. Mm-hmm. So she's like, um, I have to go. We'll see you later. And so she starts to walk away, like like walk away from another fucking letdown conversation of Jason. And Jason ponders this nugget she's brought to him. And he's just like, Charles De Laurentiis. Well, it's she like stopped. he's saying it to himself. Yeah. She stops the door, having heard him, like watching him, like lost in what passes for introspection from Jason, and she's like, "You do know the name," and he's like, uh, "No, not really. It's it's a coincidence." And she's like, "What is?" And he's like, "Charlie," and she's like, "Charles De Laurentiis." He's like, "No, just no, he says Charlie De Laurentiis." Yeah. Okay. And she's like, "Yeah, just Charlie." Uh, but my dad told you the truth, and she's like, "About what?" And he's like, "Charlie doesn't exist." And Spencer's like, "Like, oh shit, what?" Spencer's like. Oh, I had to remind myself that you were high for like eight years and you might be dumber than a bag of rocks. Also, something, 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 Hitchcock shadowed it out. I want to say that way back when I read an interview with with one of the writers where they talked about shadow the doubt was like one of the biggest uh, (laughs) uh, references on the show. But I, I couldn't find it. I I don't know if I'm making that up in my head or something, but I could have swore I read that like years ago. Mm hmm. Um, so after cut the commercial, to, cut to therapy Ann's office. Hey, this looks familiar. This oh, is the scene shit. that we saw being filmed. Oh, shit. Yeah. The set we... looks much bigger here. Maybe it's like the lens are using yeah. the sets, are, you know, very small when you see them in person. So are the actors. Yeah. Um, so how do you want to talk about this? Do you want to talk about our day there? Or do you want to just talk about the scene? I mean, I don't know if there's that much insight we can really offer. Um, let's just go through the scene. Uh, therapy Ann says, Oh, I just say Arya, Emily, and, and Hannah are all here. Mm-hmm. Not Spencer. Therapy and standing in her doorway. They're like in the waiting room. And she says, it's nice to see you all again. Emily says, good to see you. Therapy and says, I'm glad you could all make it. And Hannah says, I told you we would. And Hannah, she's very serene, very pleased with herself for arranging this. Well, they're all like yeah, different pieces of furniture, kind of not really looking at each other. Just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Therapy Ann says, is Spencer coming? And Arya's like, we don't know. And Hannah's like, she'll be here. Um, the line reading here is interesting. It feels, it seems like in the first take we saw them do this, Ashley's reading was a little more sensitive maybe, but it sounds more confident in the take they use here. She's like, she'll be here. Mm-hmm. And Doctor says, okay, well, I've cleared some time. And her phone beeps. And she's like, but 
let me take care of this phone call first. I'll be just a minute. Emily thanks her, and Therapy and ducks back into her office. Arya's just making some skeptical faces. She's like, so what are we supposed to tell her? And Hannah says, it's not about telling her. It's about telling each other. And Hannah's like, Hannah, or Emily says, Hannah, I think sometimes it's better to not talk about things. And it's like, really, Em? How have you been sleeping? <laughs> Owned. And Arya's like, guys, we shouldn't do this without Spencer. She's got to stick up for Team Sparry there. Mm. And Hannah says, she'll be here. And Emily's like, are you sure? And Hannah goes quiet because maybe she's not entirely sure. Uh, then the door opens because Spencer just is like rushing in after fake running up six flights of stairs. Uh, so I should say when, when we watched them film this, I think we mentioned this in the, the Troyan interview we did. She was off to the side, um, basically like just like doing these like squats and jumping jacks because she, she want, wanted to come in like she's out of breath, like she's just run upstairs. So she, was, she was getting herself like a little like out of breath, you know, like you know. wearing a giant coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we should talk a little bit about what the set looked like, I think, just because I think that we kind of pseudo promised that to people. Um, so uh, we met the publicist who gave us a tour of like other sets that weren't in use. Um, mm-hmm. And then took us to this this set, this uh, stage, where this stage also houses Allison's bedroom and like the like the police interrogation room. So mm-hmm. we walked in and we got to meet like uh, Norman Buckley and Joseph Doherty. Uh, then we met the the actors and we sat down. The uh, like video village is a little bit to the right, I guess, or a ways to the right uh, of the actual set. You know, there's like three cameras, so we got to watch the three cameras what they were capturing. We got to see everyone's coverage, but Lucy Hales. Um, yeah, well, to me, the, the interesting thing was that they don't just shoot with a single camera. They had three different cameras and, you know, a monitor for each of them so that e- they were getting coverage, even shooting like the master uh, mm-hmm. before they went into the actual coverage shots. But it's it was I mean, it was an incredible treat to sit there next to the writer and sit behind the director and the director of photography and the, the script supervisor as they're. This is going out. I mean, I was watching like Paula Hunziker's finger, like moving mm-hmm. over the script. Um, and you can see like the, what the three cameras are capturing and the, the sound guy is like back behind us to our left. And like, we were just talking, we talked about before, but like there's tons of crew there and you're, you're, you're so absorbed in like watching the scene and like looking over and thinking like the actors are just around that corner doing this live. And you're like occasionally like in between takes, so they did several takes that we got to witness. You're like looking at all the people wondering like, what does that person do? And what is that person doing? Who is that girl? She's just standing there. What does she do? And then I find out like that's like Troyan's stand in. It was, I don't know. It was a fascinating experience. I mean, there's so much happening and also there's craft services, which was massive. Yeah. Lots of food there. Yeah. I ate like half a muffin. Nice. Um, so where were we here? Uh, Spencer runs in. You guys, we need to talk. And Emily's like, that's why we're here. And Spencer's like, no, I mean, we have to talk. Jason told me who Charles Sutherentis is. And Ari and Emily both stand up. They're anxious to hear more about this. And Hannah says, wait, so he knew, but Allie didn't? And Ari's like, was Allison lying? And Spencer says, it wasn't Charles, at least not when Jason knew him. It was Charlie. They were friends when they were little. And Emily says, so Charlie grew up to be Charles? And Spencer says, Charlie was Jason's imaginary friend. And Hannah says, imaginary? Like Mr. Biscuit? <laughs> and it's like judgy faces all around and hannah's eyebrows just like dismiss their impertinence here she's like long story <laughs> and Ari says wait jason told you this spencer says yes and then one day mr de Laurentiis went to jason and said charlie had to go away and then jason never saw charlie again 
Uh, it's really funny to watch. Like Spencer, she's almost grinning as she like retells this ridiculous story. Oh, uh, she's. It's like she like, knows it's nuts, but she got the scoop. She's like happy, you know, to at least have like got some new information. Well, there's it's like she's subtitling her own words of her tone of like, "Can you believe this shit?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ari's like, "Wait, wait a minute." So if Jason's dad knew that Charlie was Jason's imaginary friend, why wouldn't he just tell Allison that when she asked him? And Spencer's like, "Yeah, why not?" Uh, it's like she's doubly pleased because she gets to be right about Kenneth DeLaurentis being a filthy liar. Mm. And Hannah's like, wait, so those home movies, those were movies of Jason and Charlie? And he says, there's nothing imaginary about Charles, and Allie's dad knows it. All right, says, yeah, Hannah's right. We had to tell Sullivan everything. But then Emily's phone rings, and she checks it, and she's like, uh, it's Sarah. I, I gave her one of Caleb's phones. And they all roll their eyes like, Jesus Christ, Emily, keep that shit on lock. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, okay, can you please send that to voicemail? Uh, and Ellie says, no, it's a face chat request. It's evil, oh. complicated Snapchat. Oh, well, if it's face chat, then buy or leave, Emily. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, she gets her phone out. Uh, it, for some reason, it says it's MPEG format. Uh, nice 2012 reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she starts a chat, and it's just a video of Sarah Harvey sleeping in Emily's bed here. It's like the killer POV shot from the like, horror movies. Yeah, and it's like obviously somebody else is holding the camera and like moving closer to Sarah and Emily's like wait and she shows the others and they all crowd around her and Hannah's like if that's Sarah who's sending this and the video you know whoever's taking the video moves closer and then they like hold out like a switchblade in front of the their phone that they're filming this with and like you know flip it open and the liars all gasp in unison and the screen changes to text it says mention me and someone dies you have 30 seconds to leave that room and then the phone starts counting down from three. This is a pretty fancy face chat. Yeah. I didn't know you could do this. I'd like to know what app you use to like give people countdowns. Well, I mean, just think back to like the evil Snapchat that A sent Allison about like her mom being buried alive. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. hacking all those like video uh, video store screens and they were all this to- all in this together. Well, you know, if there was ever a time to call A's bluff, wouldn't now be the time? I mean who is sarah harvey to them really they're like go ahead eh let's see let's see you do it emily's like great i have to go home to a dead girl on my bed Mm -hmm. again um yeah so one last thing about our our set visit so we walk in we meet everyone everyone was super cordial nice um but they have a job to do so thankfully right before they did the next take norman buckley took us aside and it's like okay so the scene uh the girls get out of the dollhouse and they go see dr sullivan and we're like okay cool so we sit down and immediately, like, I mean, just imagine we're, we're, we're fans of the show. We don't know what's going on. We're not like into spoilers or anything, but boom, Spencer runs in and she's talking about Charlie and it's Jason's imaginary friend. And we're like, oh, and, and, shit. and Sarah, uh, Sarah Harvey, <laughs> which I feel like there's a detail that didn't really sink into us to our heads later mm-hmm. but uh i got to like like a like an idiot like like a fanboy i got to say to joseph Jordy, like oh i love that this idea that jason he's like so spacey and out of it that like he doesn't even realize his imaginary friend is a real person like the same <laughs> time he he thinks that like Cece is his sister on that night you know and everything <laughs> and uh joseph Jordy, all he said was uh oh he said something about the other family it's just like they're a little more fucked up than you think or something like that <laughs> yeah but really, maybe maybe you let that countdown count all the way down and be like, "Game on, Charles. Let's let's see let's see you put your money where your mouth is." <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, maybe maybe that's why they're building this connection between Sarah Harvey and Emily, so that the liars aren't just like, "Yeah, fuck her." 
Like uh, Spencer could do like the the Walter thing from Big Lebowski. Like I'm staying. Mm-hmm. I'm finishing my coffee. Exactly. <laughs> Getting some therapy. So we cut the therapy in in her office. She's at her desk and she's on the phone. Says, "Yes, I will see you at your session on Tuesday." Okay. She says to the confused, theory hungry audience on the phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> "We'll see you on Tuesday." <laughs> yeah. So she hangs up, uh, opens the door to her waiting room, and of course, all the liars are gone. And she just looks around. She's got to be thinking, like, Jesus Christ, every fucking time. Yeah. Why do I even schedule with these girls? She's like, well, she's like, do they know what I charge per hour? <laughs> so, like, I'm so, charging. I'm charging yeah. their parents. Oh, yeah. So Emily's house, uh, the door opens, and Emily and the other liars come bursting inside. They all run upstairs. I had to wonder, is the interior of Emily's house basically a redressed version of the interior of Mona's house? Uh, or at least no. this front room thing? The well, maybe. I mean, there's... If if so, they took a beam out because the Mona's house has like, like a big beam. I know that like the exterior is Ross and Rachel's parents' house from Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the liars come running into Emily's bedroom. Emily goes running to the blanket, pulls them back. It's just like a lump of pillows, and she's just like, "Where is she?" And just then, Sarah enters the room behind them. She's got a bathrobe on and a towel around her hair. Mm-hmm. She looks kind of funny, all toweled up. She likes to take showers. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, and Emily's relieved. She comes over and gives Sarah like this long hug. Well, this is like the first time that Sarah just seems pretty nonchalant up until Emily gives her this strange, like, like overly familiar, like, like thankful that you're alive hug. I mean, I think she's a little like, okay, you're hugging me, I guess. You know, like she's a, a little curious. Um, I mean, you could say, you know, is this all just an innocent reaction? Did Sarah help set this whole thing up? I know some people thought, like, maybe there was no one in the bed at all, but, like, there's definitely a, a person being filmed there. It wasn't, like, pillows before. Well, I saw something online where somebody was like, yo, there's a countdown on the number of episodes in 6A, like, before the reveal of Charles and everything. There's no time for red herring. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, it's PLL. There's, there's always time always for time. red herring. Oh, yeah. yeah like, maybe she is A and there's no one else in the dollhouse. Who knows? The suspicious thing to me is, is it seemed like all that shit was bunched up in the bed to simulate a person. Yeah, I mean, that could just be her being weird, though. Who knows? Because, mm. uh, I mean, definitely it was an actual person in the bed. Like, we yeah. saw a, a body, not just like a, a lump under covers. It, it wasn't like a paper mache head made yeah. in Radley. Yeah. So later, the liars, Sans Emily, are downstairs in Emily's family room. The the blocking here is fantastic. We got Ari and Hannah, like, sitting across each other. Spencer's standing. They're all looking in different directions, not quite looking at each other. To me, this was like the, the Ingmar Bergman shot. Can I just say lies and whispers? No, you cannot. Uh, in the background there, Wayne Fields has a little framed picture. We remember you, Wayne. Someday Wayne, we'll see you again. Wayne should have if tons you don't of have pictures. a heart attack. Of him holding just giant trout or something. And every time you see the picture, the trout gets bigger. <laughs> mm. Hannah says, Sarah probably thinks we're insane. <laughs> Emily, Spencer's like, Emily will explain to her. Like, how exactly? Emily's like, look. She searches her brain and she's like, it's complicated. Yeah. And Ari's <laughs> like, without telling her who, what was on the phone? And Spencer's like, no, it won't do her any good to scare her with that. Like, 2015 is the year of, like, keeping secrets from people for their own good on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah says what we're all thinking. She's like, if A is Charles and Charles is Andrew and Andrew's in jail, then who made that call? Who's in the room with Sarah? And Ari says, did Mr. Biscuit ever make any threatening phone calls? 
And Hannah's like, leave Mr. Biscuit out of this. How dare you, Arya? The whole show is about the bitter, ongoing war between Pigtunia and Mr. Biscuit and everything mm. else is collateral damage. This is That's going to be the scene, like the uh, the season finale of Lost. Oh, you yeah. know, Jacob and the Man in Black. Yeah, so then the door opens uh, behind them, and you see Pam come in the entryway, and she's about to right, walk right up the stairs until Arya calls out, like, hi, Mrs. Fields. And then Pam's like, oh, fuck no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit, they're Not all there. here. Not here. She's Give like, me oh, a cross. girls, where's them? And Spencer says, she's upstairs with Sarah, and Pam's just like, okay, good. And it says, is something wrong? And Pam says, this isn't official, but I was just at the police station visiting, and they're going to release Andrew Campbell. Visiting. Uh, Arya's like, release him. She's like, angry Arya clenched jaw. And Spencer's like, wait, did he make bail? And Pam says, he, he doesn't have to make bail. They're not charging him with anything. And Hannah's like, what do you mean they're not charging him? Pam says, well, I got the second hand, but there's no case. He has an alibi for when Mona was taken from her house. And he was having his appendix removed the weekend Sarah Harvey was kidnapped. And you know, I obviously it's not intentional, but I, I love the alliteration, though, that the appendix <laughs> mm. now, of course your appendix would be your alibi um so spencer's like so if they don't think he did it and pam's like then that person is still out there and you girls need to take precautions and i was like well when was andrew released and pam's like well he hasn't been yet they still have to process him and wait for his family he should be on a few hours you girls need to check on your parents and let them know what's happening so they all kind of share a look and she's like yeah we will and pam's like okay and she well the way leaves. spencer says that like yeah we will she, that's she's Saying it in a way that definitely means we will will not. Yeah. Yeah. And says, okay. She goes upstairs and Spencer says, why did you ask when Andrew is released? And Arya says, because if he was out, he could have made that call. Does Spencer. And Hannah's like, yeah, well, he wasn't. So what now? And they're just all thinking, fuck. Yeah. And we cut to uh, De Laurentiis' office here. Nice little wordless scene where Jason's in the background, like doing some filing shit or something. Oh, I don't know what he's doing with the fucking boxes of files. I feel like 50% of what goes on in this office just is shredding of documents <laughs> while you wait for the IRS to show up. Basically. Kenneth is in the foreground just like scowling at this piece of paper that he's holding. Like everything makes this guy angry. And he you stares think- at it for about like three minutes and then he just like crumples it up and throws it away and then picks up a new paper to scowl at. It's and Jason's just that. watching the whole time like, huh, my dad really is an asshole. It's yes. not just not just me. Oh, Kenneth De Laurentiis is amazing. Oh god, I want to see Jim Avell just do like one man shows. <laughs> Jason um, really does look pretty angry at his dad right now. Like and it's and his dawning dog. on him the whole time. Like it isn't just me. I'm not a fuck up. You're an asshole. Which I think is funny coming from a guy like Jason who look at him. He probably spends like two hours in the mirror before he goes to work. I feel like. In the 90s, Jason De Laurentiis would have been played by David Faustino. Um, also, oh, think, that's low. Do you think Ashley Marin was ever like uh, like working directly with Kenneth? You don't get that impression, but who knows? I mean, what I the mean, hell did, did they even do? To, they did have a scene together. I remember that now. From season five. Yeah. Well, they're I hope you invade my dead wife's privacy. Kenneth is going to get divorced from Jessica. So, like, who were they going to split the business up? I mean, that you know, maybe that's why he killed her. Well, but. he had. An office, the one that uh, you know Jason took yeah, the doc- yeah. down the elevator shaft. Was it was it wasn't this? Doesn't seem like it. No. Yeah. Anyway, cut to uh, Allie is giving the the liars an audience here in her living room. It's they dark. all stand around as she sits, and Allie says, "Do you have any idea how crazy that sounds?" 
Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, trust me, we know exactly how crazy it sounds. And Emily's just rolling her eyes in the background. She's thinking, oh, my God, what did I do to piss Mandy Light off? I can't believe I'm still wearing this outfit. Well, she's probably thinking, like, say what you will. I am fucking comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and Ari says, Jason never told you anything about Charlie? And Ellie's like, no. Spencer says, he said your dad knows all about it. Your dad was the one who told Jason that Charlie had to go away. And Hannah's like, Allie, your dad lied to you. And Allie's kind of taking this in. She has to reassess her dad now. But, I mean, shouldn't you have just suspected all along? Maybe you didn't want to believe it? Uh, uh, If anything, she should have been like, I didn't think my dad was capable of lying to me. Yeah. She looks a little scared. Uh, She gets up and goes over to, like, some family photos on the piano there. Is it the photos or is she at the piano? Well, there's photos on the the mantle of the piano, I think. Okay. Well, I love uh, that the piano is like it's it's the physical piece of furniture that most cast a shadow of Jessica De Laurentiis and the mystery of the De Laurentiis family over the room mm-hmm. for how much time is spent in this living room set. I always love when they can, especially after the Christmas episode. I love when they can take it back to the piano for some reason. Yeah, the lawyers are all watching her. Like maybe they're like waiting for her to admit that she knew more, mm-hmm. uh, but she just sighs and. She says, Jason always said that something was missing from this family. I always thought he was talking about himself, being left out of photo things like photo albums. Uh, but maybe he wasn't the one that was removed. And Emily's like, Allie, do you think there could be proof of Charles De Laurentiis in this house? And Spencer's like, guys, we've been through this house with a map. And Allie says, yeah, but you weren't looking for Charlie. Or I'm sorry, Arya says that. She says, yeah, but we weren't looking for Charlie. And Allie says, you were looking for my hiding places, not my parents. Because oh. all the Dillerentises have like crazy weird hiding places. So apparently. I'm going to pitch to you alternate idea for the PLO mobile game. You're just searching the Dillerentis house for hiding spots. <laughs> well, one of these hiding spots that we see, it's like some sort of like little like like access hatch in the wall mm-hmm. to like get to pipes or like, something like that. And inside, there's just like a vodka bottle. <laughs> like who? I mean, what is this Jason's hiding place? I guess, or is it Jessica's? Or I mean, it could be any of theirs, really. Somebody hit some vodka in the wall. Uh, and Allie walks by with Spencer in tow. And she's like, there's nothing in here either. Come with me. So they walk past Hannah. Hannah's on the phone with her- Therapy Ann, trying to smooth things over. She's like, yeah, I'm sorry. It was very rude. And we're all very sorry. But we had these emergencies come up. The The real grace note of this scene is what Emily's doing in the background. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some great, like, physical comedy there that I don't feel like Shay Mitchell gets to do nearly enough. Definitely. And there we cut to her and she says, no, I understand if it was an emergency, but you all had emergencies. And Hannah says, no. And then Emily like bangs on some piano keys in the background, kind of like annoying Hannah. You'd think they'd be a finely tuned machine by now. But nope. nope. <laughs> uh, and Hannah says, no, we all had the same emergency. My mom slipped in the shower. We think it was the soap. We think it was the soap. That dastardly soap put out an APB. Uh, Dr. Sullivan, we see her, she's like walking through a dark office at night, shutting off lights. It really makes you think something bad is about to happen yeah, to her, yeah, but then the, it, it just never does. Just the fact that they cut to her. Like the fact, mm-hmm. I mean, like normally you would have just seen Hannah's side of this phone call and not even heard Dr. Sullivan's voice, but it's yeah. very intriguing that she's here for this. Yeah. She says, is, is she all right? You know, is your mom all right? And Hannah says, yeah, she's fine. Tempest in a tea bag. And therapy Ann says, do you girls want to make another appointment? And Hannah says, yeah, that'd be great. I'll call you tomorrow, okay? Click. <laughs> Hangs up on her ass. And then Hannah just looks back at Hannah and glares at her. And Emily's, or, Emily shrugs. Yeah. Emily's just yeah. like, oh, what, what are you going to do? 
So this next scene, you want to do some uh, Hastings Dinner Theater? Um, okay, but I was really thinking we would do it. Well, I, yeah, I have later. another later, too. Okay, so who, who you want to be Allison? I guess, yeah. Be, so okay. Allie and Spencer, they're out on her porch. Allie has picked up some trowels and gives one to Spencer. They're going to like check the flower planters here. Uh, Allie says, if we don't find anything here, we'll look in the garden, starting with the azaleas. Really? Where do you hide things, Spence? Under a mattress in that big barn of yours? No, I have a I have a loose floorboard in my closet. That's all's good. Remember the compartment in the chair of her room that was compromised. <laughs> yeah, she had to switch that one. <laughs> yeah. So they're both looking at the planners, and Allie says, "Toby's not going to like this." Why not? He thought you were safe, so he could go back to hating me. He doesn't hate you. Well, so <laughs> if we could do their faces, Allison's yeah. face says, please. And Spencer's like, yeah, well. <laughs> Allie says, have, have you met his new partner? Lorenzo? No, not yet. He's nice. Yeah, Toby likes him. Toby must have told him all about me, just as well. What's that supposed to mean? Has Toby talked to Lorenzo about me? I don't know. Where did you meet him? Lorenzo? Mm-hmm. Toby was with him, and then I saw him again at church. Spencer's like, sharp look now. Allie says, don't laugh. I'm not laughing. I'm just a little bit surprised. It's pointless, right? Me with somebody like that? I mean, that could never go anywhere, could it? Oh, where did it go? Oh, where would you want it to go? Allie just shakes her head and looks away. You know, Allie... There's a version of this where we could have all been killed, but we weren't. So it's like a second chance. And I don't know anybody who couldn't use one of those, you know, as long as we don't waste it. <laughs> I thought it was funny that when uh, when Spencer, when she, when Allie starts talking about Lorenzo, Spencer has this like little bit of a teasing smile on her face. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, because uh, I can't help but like, especially after talking to Troy and like think that Spencer's going to get a little bit, a little teensy-weensy bit of payback on, to, on Tobes. Um, also, mm -hmm. I love this scene. It's so human. Like, remember when these girls were staging power plays and threatening to kill each other with shovels? Well, it's it's like they're finally figuring out how to actually be friends with each other. Right. And I think Spencer is finally realizing how much Allie actually needs her friendship. Right. Uh, and not just the other way around. Like, but she used to be so intimidated and angry with Allie that she never thought that Allie might actually be, like, a real person, too. Yeah, so but there's a great shot at the end there. After like Spencer has her last line, the camera kind of moves over as Allison looks away from Spencer to kind of process these these words. And it's like, I don't know if Spencer's realized that like Allison's kind of in her own dollhouse in her mind and that she just needs someone to open the door and tell her that she doesn't have to stay in there. Like, she doesn't That's have to be... a metaphor. She doesn't have to be the version of Allison that everyone tells her to be. Um, so meanwhile, in a chapter from the latest mystery novel featuring my favorite precocious teen detective... In Jessica's uh, Etsy art closet here, closet here, and wine closet, yeah. Arya's looking through some like old mail or something. Um, very conspicuous blackboard in the background that says like you know W thirty six inches, L thirty two inches, times four cushions, hem four dresses. Is that some sort of secret code? I feel like we're just getting trolled. Or is it? Uh, could it be from the wedding uh, show? Could be. I mean, who who knows? Uh, Arya finds nothing. She kind of slams some mail around. She walks out, kills light, but then she pauses at the door, turns the light back on. She goes to some jars of buttons on a shelf. Uh, she empties out one of these jars. 
nothing but a bunch of buttons in it. And so fuck your buttons. Yeah, empties out another. And oh, there's a little like you know piece of paper inside. She takes it out. It's an envelope. She opens the envelope and tapes out something like wrapped in tissue. It's a photo of Jessica De Laurentiis with those two little boys, just like the ones we saw in the film strip in the dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So then cut to later, Allie is like, you know, checking out this photo in her living room. The other liars watching her. Spencer says, you know, this is the same same one from the home movie, same one in the dollhouse. And Hannah says, so one of those boys is Jason. And Ari says, and the other one's Charlie. And Emily says, the boy who never was. Nightmare child and never was king. Yeah. Allison's like stunned. She's processing this. Allison's like, you're smart, Arya. I would have never thought to look in the button jar. And Arya's like, well, it's where I used to hide my candy money from Mike. LOL. Arya's is both Mike? smart and wise. Mike is waiting for like Mona to come back to town. Yeah. We need to see that reunion. Mike yeah. and Mona. Yeah. Uh, and Mona's like, it's over. <laughs> Mona's like, who are you again? Yeah. And so Ali says, my dad's going to be home soon. You should probably go. And Hannah says, maybe we shouldn't leave you alone right now. And Allie's like, no, it'll be okay. I'll find out what all this means and I'll call you. Spencer makes the call for her squad. Let's go. Spencer nods. Let's go. Uh, So they'll get up. Ari gives Allie a little tap on the knee as she goes. And Allie just takes a deep breath. So then we uh, get this great low angle shot of the liars like walking towards town square. So this scene, this was the the titans of Rosewood here. They're huge in the frame. Well, I love this too because they're they're downtown. We know that Spencer's house is you know four hundred yards from from Allison's house, but for some reason they walked all the way back downtown. Well, I I fan winked this to say that like they're going to meet Toby or something. Okay, know. we this is a scene that we were both desperately waiting for, but we didn't realize that we were because were we? Yeah, this is the scene I believe when we were when we were there in, in L.A. Uh, uh, they mentioned this scene. In conversation and no details or anything because they're just mm-hmm. people talking about something that, that their job that they just did and we were like what are they talking about this is so intriguing i need to well, know they more. said like something about like what happens to andrew is all we heard about something that happens like, to the, andrew this, outside it was it was a scene outside of andrew they were talking about that and i it just you know what little we heard it was like playing through my mind forever afterwards um so anyways emily says uh Somebody should have stayed with her. And so she's like, she has to do this alone. Her dad wasn't going to say anything in front of us. Um, good, like, uh, shot from below, looking up at them. Um, they look forward. Arya sees something that causes her to stop in her tracks. And she's like, oh, God. And then we get the reverse to see over there in the police station, Andrew Campbell ex- exiting mm-hmm. all on his own. Perfect timing. And Hannah's like, I guess they processed him. So Arya takes a breath. And then starts marching towards Andrew. And Spencer's like, Arya, maybe you shouldn't. But Spencer, you can't reason of a natural disaster. Nope. Uh, this is a brand new Arya, though. She's marching towards Andrew. Uh, he sees her coming. He's pissed. And she's just like, Andrew. He's like, stay away from me. And she's like, are your parents aside? And he's like, they called him. I wasn't staying there to wait. So she grabs him by the arm, getting him to stop and face her. And he looks furious. And she's like, look, I'm really glad you're out. He looks butthurt as shit. Yeah, behind her, we see that one of the police like squad cruisers is like, pulling in front of the police station. And he's like, "Really? That's not what I heard." And she's oh, like, "You who, Andrew?" He's like, "She's like, you have to understand." And he's like, "No, you have to understand. Do you know where I was? The three weeks they were trying to find me, looking for you. I was gonna be the hero. Instead, I get arrested, thrown in jail. They investigate my parents, tear up my uncle's farm because I wanted to help you because I didn't believe people what people said about you and your friends." Um, He's trying really hard to make Arya feel bad for his own stupid decisions. You know, it was like, I, I, 
I could understand intellectually some of his frustration. And then he drops in, especially this bullshit about what people said about you and your friends. I believe at this particular well, moment, what the fuck buddy, does that have to do with anything? Well, I think at this particular moment, buddy, like what they said about you and your friends was that you were all kidnapped by mm-hmm. a psychopath and taken to some kind of torture sex dungeon. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. People saying that about you. She's like, well, let me explain. He's like, don't. Just don't. You graduate in three weeks, and all you have to do is just stay out of my way. And so, he, like, storms off. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah kind of steps in for Arya and says, well, you'll graduate. And he looks back at her, and, and Hannah says, that doesn't mean we will. And he says, oh, you'll graduate. The school wants you gone just as much as the rest of us. You'll graduate with honors. Uh, he looks nice little uh, subtle explanation of how they're going to graduate. Well, he looks it definitely at feels like a Joseph. He wants thing. these words to sink in. He wants them to hurt. And the sad thing is, I feel like he's right. I feel like the school probably does hate the liars. Meanwhile, uh, Andrew and Lorenzo had like rolled up in the background and gotten out. And Toby's yeah, just like, Andrew, you need a lift. And Andrew's like, like I'm getting in a car with you two? No, thank you. Like, for real, like, nice try being a sensitive cop, Toby. A few nights ago, you wanted to beat the shit out of him. You wanted your partner to turn his back while you beat the fuck out of this kid for five minutes. Yeah, Andrew has one more verbal grenade to throw at the liars, though. He's like, other towns have nice toxic dumps. Rosewood has you. And Arya, she wants to follow him for a moment, then she stops. Um, All right, can we talk about Andrew here? Sure. For some reason, on Reddit and various other places on the internet, People were like praising him for this whiny ass speech. Like, oh, way to way to finally tell the liars what's what. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like Andrew's completely full of shit. He brought all of this on himself. The liars never asked for him to be a hero. A set them A is the one who set him up. Like the cops were the ones who told the liars it was Andrew, not the other way around. Right. Like they had nothing to do with him being in jail or anything. Like even you'd say, like, oh well, Arya lied to the cops. He was already in jail at that point, and they didn't believe him or right. believe her. Right. Like the liars have nothing to do with Andrew's situation here, other than like his own stupid decisions. In short, eat a bag of dicks, Andrew. The first time Spencer uh, even heard his name in, in conjunction with all this was, "It's Andrew, babe. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get him." Um. Yeah. Like he was set up by by a. Uh, First of all, typical fucking man in in Rosewood. Like I was gonna be the hero. Yeah, I mean, I could I could understand in the kind of in the context of where the liars are within the show, they might feel guilty for him getting involved, even though they really shouldn't. Right. But as a a viewer outside the show who knows everything is going on, why is anyone like, yeah, go Andrew? I just don't get it. Like he's full of shit. Yeah, I don't. Get he has that, he I, has no no complaint against them that holds water at all. But I said though, I thought this was a great scene of Brandon Jones. Sure. Uh, and so Toby's just like, I guess you heard. Uh, him and Lorenzo are like kind of standing at the curb, and Emily's like, We heard. And Toby says, We're just gonna go check in, then we can drive you home. And Hannah says thanks, and Spencer says, Hey. And she marches over to the guy. She's like, Are you well, Lorenzo? She's not done fucking shit up tonight. No. And Toby and Lorenzo both look back. Toby's like glaring at her. And Lorenzo's like, yeah, I'm Lorenzo. And Spencer says, I'm Spencer. And she holds out her hand to shake. And she has this very kind of stealthy smirk in Toby's direction here. But she's, she is charming as shit. Oh, she's having fun here. And Lorenzo's like, yeah, I figured that's who you were. And Spencer laughs. And she's like, uh, and this is Aria, Emily, and Hannah. We're Allison's friends. And he's like, oh, nice to meet you. And Spencer's oh, like, you too. The look and she's just face. grinning like mad. Toby's just like, come on. 
And he walks away with Lorenzo, but he keeps on like looking back to glare at Spencer like over and over again. Like take a few steps, glare, take a few steps, look back, glare again. And she's got just this wonderful shitty grin on her face. Like in your I, fucking face, Toby. You just got reverse cock blocked. I <laughs> I would have been perfectly okay if they like cut in like three or four more of him turning back to glare at her. <laughs> Just to hit home the point. But yeah, she has that kind of like smirk, like uh like like game on Toblerone look. And then she turns around and like that face is completely dropped and she's back to like, you know, like worrying about Arya and she's like, you know, Andrew's not gonna blame us forever. Frowning like a sad kitten right now. Yeah, yeah. And Arya she's like, He's not gonna blame us forever. And Arya's like, Why not? It's my fault. No. And Spencer's like, he was set up. And Arya's like, It wasn't just Andrew, we all were. And then he's like, hmm, worse than ever. And Hannah's like, people actually know what happened, but they don't believe us, do they? And Arya's like, well, no, we're more cut off than ever. So am, am I understand the town now views them as like the little girls who cried wolf? Maybe a little, because, I mean, it's tricky because the cops were all like, it's Andrew. And so the liars are like, yeah, that makes sense. It must be Andrew. But now that Andrew's let go, is this just going to like hurt their credibility even more? Even, I mean, it's not totally fair to them, but I could see how like the public might get that reaction again. Right. Um, um, I saw it back in Charles' soul room. I remember seeing something uh, online where they said that, like, the uh, the two things, the two babies, like, that was just rented from, like, a prop house. Like, was did the soul room completely burn? Were the cops not able to go in there and, like, pull out any kind of evidence at all? Who knows? Good yes. question. Anyway, Spencer says, that's what Charles really wanted to do to us in that dollhouse. Make us feel alone forever. Isolated. It's a very kind of raw voice right now. Uh, and they're all kind of having a hard time looking at each other. And Hannah finally speaks up and she says, when I was in that place, Charlie, Charles, whoever it was, made me play a game with switches uh, about hurting people. And Ari says, I thought I was the only one, but I, I was never shocked. Were any of you ever shocked? And they all kind of look at each other and Emily says, no. And Hannah sighs and says, he tricked us. And Spencer says, that was the point or, or the point was that we thought we hurt each other. That was what Charles really wanted us to know, that there was a point when we, where we'd do it, any of us, all of us, which it's, I mean, what do you think? Does it, does it take anything away to know that they actually didn't hurt each other or? No, I think it makes it much more insidious. I think it makes it also much more digestible for a TV show that continues on. Well, you still get the impression that they were getting shocked though. Like if they didn't pick someone, they would get shocked. I guess that was my impression of how that worked. But I think what what they're saying is that they all pick somebody every time. Maybe not at first. I mean, I don't know. We didn't. I, I guess my impression, like if I were to run a torture dungeon, it would be like if you don't pick somebody, I'll shock you. So maybe you don't believe me at first. And so, you know, you're probably going to get shocked at least once. I'm thinking you, that you maybe learn. in PLL universe, nobody ever calls a bluff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so nice, nice shot. group hug here. Where they were all like silently, like you know, carrying these crosses. It really was the Milgram experiments. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like there's also, uh, it's like they've kind of grouped together again, but there's also a sense that they they know they've been pushed to that point where you know, any of us, all of us. Um, well, sorry, therapy, and I think you're out of the job now. Yeah, liars can do their own analysis. Therapy, Hannah. Yeah. Uh, so after the commercial, we're in Emily's bedroom. It's night and dark, and it's dark, and the lights are out. She walks in, and it looks like there's like a like a like a male sitting over by the window bench, just in silhouette. silhouetted figure. Yeah. And Emily gasps, but it's just Sarah being creepy, and she's like, "It doesn't look that bad, does it?" 
She stands up. She comes into light. Her hair is short and it's bleached. The wig is gone. Emily probably just shit her pants. Yeah. Hopefully. Those are hideous pants. Those uh, very comfortable jams yeah, that she's rocking. Sarah Harvey, she's got the Rosewood Sharks hoodie on now. Uh, Emily's hoodie. And this new haircut, magically her roots are now dark. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky haircut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, you know, your mom helped. We were talking and one thing led to another. And she spins around so Emily can get the full view here. And Emily's face is basically like sploosh. And she's like, what do you think? And she kind of shrugs nervously. And then Emily's like sploosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. It's straight it Davis's like natural look or yeah, it, it, the, the wig always looked weird to me. Like this, this looks like natural. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously she's probably dyed it or something here, but it, it looks like she seems much more comfortable, I guess, right. this way. Um, so yeah, Sarah Harvey, Emily having a, having a little connection, wearing some rosewood sharks hoodies. I think we all know where this is going. Well, I don't know. I mean, they, I feel like they, if they let that scene on Emily's face, like her reaction play out a little bit more, you would have got that. But it's like Emily, I don't know. I feel like there's like, it, it's very interesting the, the lack of emotion she does show. She kind of ponders this look, this this new look for this girl in her room late mm-hmm. at night. So we got to Hastings' living room. Oh, I think it's time for some more Hastings Inner Theater. Yeah. Yeah. So Veronica's on the couch working on some stuff. Well, so hold on. Uh, who, who are we? Am I Spencer this time? Do you want to be Spencer this time? Sure. Do you think you have the chops for it? I think I have the chops. So, yeah, the Spencer comes in. The look on Veronica's face as the door opens. And she's just like, and now it begins. <laughs> so Veronica's like, I called you. Toby gave me a ride home in the back of his police car. Okay, all safe and sound. Andrew Campbell's been released. Charges dropped. I know. The police trolls will be coming back for protection. But I, I don't want you going anywhere without me knowing where you are. I think I'm going to try to sleep on my own. Apparently, when they questioned Andrew, he said a few things about you and the other girls. How you all tricked him into helping you? Spencer walked to the foot of the stairs, but then she kind of stops and she says, I bet the police love that story. Is it true? It's made up of facts. That doesn't mean it's true. So how was it? Going back to school? Don't do that. Don't do what? Don't try to catch me in a lie. It's humiliating. I'm trying to keep you safe. If it wasn't Andrew, then that means that whoever did this to you is still out there. It's still a threat. God, I want to put an end to this. The whole thing, once and for all. I don't think you want to put an end to this so much as you wish it never happened. Well, it did happen. It happened to me. It happened to my friends. And that is not something that gets forgotten. Ever. You know, when I was down there, I just, I kept thinking if we could just make it out, if we could just survive and get out and come back home, then everything was going to be all right. And then we did. We're back. And I don't see a happy ending coming anytime soon. I really wish I did. Good night, Mom. She's kind of blinking away tears, goes upstairs, and Veronica just looks very sad. I kind of wonder, did any of that sink in for Veronica? I mean, it's a fine distinction, but I think it's an important one. Veronica really wants to manage this like it's just something to like get past. Mm. And Spencer's like, no, like this is going to change me forever. Yeah. You know, there, there's no like back to normal here. It's it's different now. Yeah, it's uh, a new normal. As yeah. the show has already coined before. Yeah, this is my favorite scene in the episode. Spencer is yeah, Veronica's like crushing left with, like tears from your eyes. I'm very curious about still Rose, but I would love to see Troy actually play Hamlet. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. So we can start a music montage. Uh, 
see Hannah in her room. She's looking at paint swatches in her bare walls. She takes one and goes and sits in her chair and ponders it. It's a very stark image. Just the one she one takes light. is like shades of gray. Like, is she going to like paint her room like gray or black or something? Well, so as she's sitting there in the center of her, her fairly bare room, I kept thinking like it's almost the opposite of an A layer. Well, you know, what's funny, too, is the chair she's in. I think it's it looks like a like a lawn chair, like a chair you'd put outside on a patio. Because her, her room is still so spar. Sparse. Remember the, the, that dream where Ashley fell asleep yeah. outside and her hair fell off? I think it's like one of those chairs. Hmm. Uh, yeah, the song, by the way, is Skipping Stones by Claire DeLune. Uh, so then we cut to Arya. She's taking pictures of herself in her mirror in her room, as you do. This uh, is so meta. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she removes the camera then just examines herself in the mirror, which is Arya's whole story in this episode. Yeah. Well, she turns around because she can see in the mirror's reflection that one doll that she was looking at in the photo earlier. Uh, so she already had this shot, but then she turns around and takes a picture of it again. Uh, I guess there's a few ways you could interpret this. One, which I, I floated on Twitter, is that like she already took this picture, but like she's taking it again now. Like, does she not remember she took it the first time? Like, is this some sort of like civil thing, where she's kind of like you know repeating no. herself? I I, no? I think she's repeating herself, but it's not because she's dissociative. Hmm. She's she's Fine. doing it again in, this, in her brave new world. Um, I I like that there's not to me an easy answer to what's going on beneath the surface. Of well, this is what Aria I think she's here. actually doing. If if you don't want to run with my civil theory, okay. Uh, I think she's learning how to use her camera to look at things that scare her, and she's basically learning how to deal with them and contextualize them. That works uh, for me. Yeah, I think. It's she's kind of she can face, you know, this thing creeped her out, but now she's going to face it again. And she seems to kind of have an epiphany as she does this. I I like that the first grouping of photos we saw were all places, physical objects, things. And then it was like the people slowly got filtered in. Sure. Um, so we get to Allison's living room. She places that new photo of Jessica and the two boys in one of the empty slots of the photo album from last week. And it fits. And she kind of like feels it over. It's because photos are all the same size. Yeah, she kind of feels over the other empty slot, uh, pondering that, which is going to be like a, like a portrait to this is like landscape. Uh, the door opens. She stands waiting to see who's coming down the hallway. It's Jason. They regard each other, and Jason's like hi, and she's like hi. He senses something's amiss, and he's like, "What's the matter?" And she sits and she shows him the the photo as he comes over, and he sees the new photo. Well, she she doesn't say anything to him. She just has this kind of very sad, but. I don't know, caring look on her face as she just kind of shows him, like, you know, here, take a look. Well, Check out this photo of two boys and, and our mom. But Jason's had his own little trauma where he's been the outsider in this family. Like, he's mm -hmm. been the thing that he felt was erased. And I don't even know what it, it means to him to, to think, like, well, here's a possibly a reason for why you were erased that has nothing to do with you. You know? Yeah. Um, so go to Spencer's bedroom where she's got her head out the open window, like needing the air. And then she, well, it's like she's seething almost like, yeah. kind of like her arms are like, you know, gripping the windowsill. Yeah. She comes uh, back in, goes to that drawer where it has the pill and the tissue, takes it out. Well, it's like she, she just runs over and it, she pops that pill she stole from Aria, like almost before she can even think about it. Like yeah. she just runs over and takes it. And then she takes a big deep breath, like leaning on her bed. And it's like she maybe already regrets doing it. And she just curls up her, on her bed. She's still in her street clothes. There's a nice touch of a, like a car's headlights kind of flashing by the window. They did it last of, week too. A I reminder like of like a scary world outside. Like this, yeah. this is her life now. Yeah. Um, 
probably not a good thing that she's taking this pill in this manner. You know, we got a lot of, you know, comments and feedback about the pills from last week. I wasn't expecting that much feedback on it. Um, I guess I should say my impression of that scene from last week was not that I, it seemed like Veronica was the one who made the decision, not the doctor. I guess that's kind of how I read it. Like the doctor was like, we want to prescribe this. And Veronica just decided, no, Spencer doesn't need that. Rather than Veronica telling the doctor, this is my daughter's history, and the doctor deciding not to this, to prescribe it. Oh, it was definitely Veronica's decision. She's, she tried to yeah. defend well, it. Yeah, it was I, an easy decision. I think it would be a little bit different if Veronica was just like, hey, doctor, let me just tell you about my daughter. And the doctor was like, okay, well, in that case, blah, blah, blah. But it, that wasn't the impression I got. It seemed more like Veronica was just like overruling the doctor, basically, which is why yeah. I thought it was so fucked up. Well, and what I was saying was that, fucked up or not, I understand where Veronica's coming from. That doesn't mean she's right, but I can understand her her fear about Spencer's situation. Because, you know, Veronica just wants Spencer to get through these things and get past them and have them be, like, in the yeah. rear view. Um, that's not how it's going to work. So, yeah, she she feels better. She like, kind of, like, surveys the darkness around her room. I, I wouldn't say she eyes. feels better. Well. <laughs> I think she's still, like, like, staring into an abyss right now. Yeah, and then I, I like the way that she doesn't just like close her eyes. They they, they just kind of slowly fall. They drift into mm-hmm. sleep. Um, then we're back in the De Laurentiis living room. Yeah, uh, Jason and Allie are waiting together as Kenneth walks in the door with his briefcase, and he's like he immediately senses like something's up. They're like there's waiting like sh- for him. There's a shitstorm waiting for him. Yeah, this is the most like brotherly sisterly we've ever seen. Jason and Allie here. It's it's a nice moment actually. Like you uh, really, it feels like they're siblings. Other than Jason's uh, apparently like uh, a futile attempt to stall the cops so Allison can make her her run. Yeah. In a it was a five. 514. Yeah, yeah, but this this feels like a, a nice sibling moment. And Kenneth obviously immediately senses like the intervention coming. And he gets this extra snotty look on his face. Like even like tilts his head back, like so he can look down his nose at them. Can we can we just say De Laurentis wall? <laughs> yeah. And uh Jason says, We have some questions, and we want answers, not lies. And he's like, Don't talk to me like that. Not after what you put this family through. Which is what exactly? And Jason's like, What I've done? And he's like, Jason, you don't understand. And Allie's like, stop. You're not going to get out of this by picking a fight with Jason. It's not going to work. Not this time. I was hoping it would work. <laughs> I am not going to be interrogated in my own house by you two. And he tries to leave and Jason just cuts him off. Yes. So Eat it, shit, it, Kenneth. His sassy bitch face. Like, it's not just that Kenneth has this square whiteness and this stern mm-hmm. jawness. There's also some shoulder work. Like yeah. he does this like this little shoulder like roll like it's like him and Lindsay Shaw have great shoulder work because he kind of like looks back at them like mm. Mm. yeah that's the, just the the noise his face is making constantly mm. and so Allie stands up and she holds up that photo of uh, her mom and the, the two young boys and Allie says who is the other boy in this photo it's super satisfying to see them like confront this lying son of a bitch together yeah and all he can do is just like sneer and defeat as he takes the photo and he kind of gulps a few times and sits down. And we cut to kind of like watching them through the window outside. He says something we can't hear, which causes Allie and Jason both to like kind of like look bewildered. And we hear Allie like kind of muffled say, what? Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of audio effect as the end of the last episode. Nice callback to that episode. And Allie's kind of like grabbing her head. They, they can't believe whatever it is they just heard. And the camera keeps pulling back and we see that there's a black hoodie in the yard looking in, watching them. Great ending. So that's a, kind of a quasi A tag here. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, why couldn't they see A? 
because uh, it's dark outside and light inside, and you can't well, see also, out your window. They're a little preoccupied. Yeah. Well, you, um, you wouldn't be able to see them unless you walked right up to the window and looked out. Well, I, I saw a lot of people complaining, like, oh, my God, why did they cut away when we want to hear this? It's like, have you ever watched a TV <laughs> show before? Yeah. That's that's my problem with a lot of people who comment on TV is if you don't understand TV shows, maybe just listen. Just listen. Um, so, but I also love it. I think this was the moment where Norbuck tweeted that Larry Reedman made the comment that after six seasons, A is still hiding in the bushes. <laughs> they do have their habits. So that was the episode, Songs of Experience. Mm-hmm. Got some interesting info. Jason apparently was tricked into thinking that his possible like younger twin brother was just a figment of his imagination. Jason's like, yeah, you know, imaginary friends, people tell you they have to go away and then they just disappear. That's normal, right? Well, it's interesting that presumably Kenneth is the aggressor in this lie, whereas Jessica was the one in the, the Christmas flashback lie. Maybe. Of, I mean, we don't really dresses. know. Yeah, but maybe. Um, so next week's episode is called Don't Look Now. I really hope people go and watch that Donald Sutherland, Julie Christie movie for with the title, same title for Clues. <laughs> That'd be endlessly amusing to me. Yeah, that one's going to be written by Janelle Lennon, directed by Arlene Sanford. Uh, so, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. You can talk to us on Twitter. We're at broswatchpll2. Uh, if you like the podcast, feel free to leave us a review or a rating in iTunes. We now have 100 five-star ratings in iTunes. That's crazy. Cool. Um, also, we got another review from sunburnt orange thank you sunburnt orange uh that's 100 stars in the u.s i guess i should say there are you know other countries too it doesn't aggregate uh anything you got marco um someone emailed me to ask about part two of my kindle world story which is going to probably be forthcoming after the season ends because believe it or not the podcast keeps me busy i especially just bring that up because it's very interesting there's going to do there i think they're going to do something in the next episode i was going to do in my story um, which the show will obviously do it a lot better. Hmm. And I just wanted to say hey to people like Loretta, Nick, Simona, Kyla, and Rachel, who I mispronounced your name last time, and I'm so sorry. That reminds me, um, you know, you challenged me a couple weeks ago that anyone who listened to this podcast had read 70s. Uh, two people, uh, one of them was uh, uh, Kendall P. I was not able to find the other person. Sorry, Twitter's hard to search. But two people had read 70s. So there That's you go, awesome. interface. That's awesome. Yeah. Now we just need to get Neil Stevenson himself to listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. A uh, couple, you know, a lot of people ask us constantly, like, why can't they see the old episodes in the podcast feed? Unfortunately, Squarespace only puts a hundred items in a feed. Um, I've been trying to get them to change that, and they do not seem to care about my customer feedback. One thing we could do, I don't know how I feel about this, Marco, we could make a separate feed for the older episodes, maybe like a season one through four feed, so mm-hmm. people can get access to the old episodes. I don't know. Uh, something we're considering, because uh, I just positive. brought it up now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like original code. Uh, anyway, we will be back next week to talk about more PLL. And don't look now. Can't wait. Bye-bye. <laughs>